Hey, Obsassnacks, it's Chelsea back for another episode of the Sassnack Files. This week, I was joined live by my friend Angela Hickey to talk about season six superlatives. But before we get to that, I want to take a moment to remind you that you can find the Sassnack Files on all sorts of listening platforms, including iTunes, CastBox, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also, if you have not had a chance yet, make sure you head over to follow the Sassnack Files on both Facebook and Instagram to make sure you are up to Today on all of the latest and greatest news concerning Outlander Season 7 and anything Diana Gabaldon cooks up. And with all of that out of the way, let's get into my analysis with Angela of everything we loved about Season 6. Enjoy! I loved season six. Um, I was a fan. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think um, it was. I still don't think it's one of my favorites. I mean, I liked it. I thought it had a lot of really good content. And I think so. I like the of, character work. And a few it. of the it episodes had a lot of character work. were really well written. Um, it's, it was just missing a spark for me. And I'm wondering if it wasn't because we're missing the last four episodes. So I'm trying not to judge it too uh-huh. harshly. Because it wasn't the arc that they intended for us to have. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I think, like I said, I think it had some really good episodes. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah. Uh-huh. I think they did. A, <clears throat> I, did I think a lot of it um, was some course correcting as well in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of noticed that a little bit as I was going through as well. You saw some things. It's like, okay. Once they, it's like the ones that got Meritot out of the thing all of a sudden like they could start correcting like some of the ways they kind of went off in la la land um so you kind of saw some of the things they didn't do like arts mirror yeah needed to have more when we had the arts mirror episode but because we're always now it's like we got some of that back through that opening scene and just different things like that you kind of see through there them getting you where you were supposed to be Mm -hmm. so I kind of look at that as well as a purpose of the season you know to kind of get us on track for like the next part you know Catherine's asking me what my current ranking is you want me to go from Mm -hmm. favorite to least favorite season probably I loved season five so that's top of my list so it'd probably be five three two six one four what do you think Put you on the spot. So you're putting one all the way near the bottom like that? Yeah. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Why? I just, like, in the grand scheme of the show, I loved season two, actually. A lot of people didn't. But, yeah, I just felt like it was slow. That's what I'm worried about with uh, them having 12 episodes or 16 episodes in season seven. Because, But they also have the four episodes of season six that they're cramming in there, too. So... But yeah, I just, I don't quite think that they needed all those episodes for Outlander. It's like, it's a short, it's the shortest book in the series. So, I know. Um, I, know. I almost wish we could take a couple of those and spread them into the other right. chapter. Right. But I understand why, because they, that was like the foundation. Mm-hmm. And so they really wanted to put right. a lot of that into it. I get that. I just but feel like. I looked at that and then I saw we were going bigger books, smaller uh-huh. amount of episodes. It's like. Ooh. Something does not compute <laughs> with this, you know? That's what, whenever they announced that seasons five and six were going to be 12 episodes apiece, I was like, 
the books are getting bigger and the, the episode counts are getting smaller. <laughs> I'm like this is this is not gonna work very well. Yeah, they went they went from sixteen to thirteen to twelve to, 12 to like, eight. <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 we're going the wrong direction, people. Yeah, I have to think about it. I really did like five a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like six a lot. Yeah. If I was doing it, I would probably say maybe one. I'd have to put five and six together because I really couldn't pick between those two. They're both very good. And then those would be the top three for me. Yeah. And then um, and then I would probably put, see, it's like I like the back half of two. And if I could st- cut two and three. <laughs> I know. And make a season. Yeah. It would be a great season. Yeah. You know, I like the back half of, of two and the front half of three. That would run away um, with it. If we can count that as one season, I that would top it off. Absolutely. I would take it. Yes. Yeah. But I don't know. I'd have to really think about which ones of those two because I there's things about four I love, but they did such brutal stuff. It makes me angry yeah. and resentful. You know, what I, I mean? can't. Yeah. Uh, what they did to Roger and what they did to the Max story and everything, and so that just put a sour taste. If they hadn't done that one aspect, I could have probably tolerated mm-hmm. everything else that they did. But it, to have to, sp- I had to spend the entire season getting upset. Yeah. And I know it's just a show. It's just a book, whatever. Right. I get it, you know. But I had to spend the whole time feeling like I'm constantly defending this fictional mm-hmm. character and constantly getting myself aggravated because right. I love Roger, you know. Yeah. And, it, you know, we feel like these are our kids. Yeah. kind of feel like that, you know. And I I mean, I spend my I live, breathe, and eat this stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, hey, I get attached. And I wouldn't tolerate people picking on my son. I don't want people to I don't want to tolerate people picking on my characters. <laughs> no. And that's how I look at it. They're like my children. Yeah, I almost you know, you spend a lot of time with them. Look at all the time right. I spent doing this work, yeah, doing this I with know. you, yeah. teaching. I you spend know, a lot of time reading, on it watching. Too. People say I'm Gosh. crazy, but they can get over themselves. <laughs> By yeah. the way, I'm Angela. <laughs> if you're new, <laughs> we're kind of doing this backwards, but yeah. that's okay. Well, yeah, we're backward kind of girls, I guess. Yeah, sometimes. Well, it's fine. I think everybody here probably knows who you are by now. But yes, this is Angela. She leads book studies on Outlander Cast Clan Book Club. And she also has a Patreon where she does all kinds of Outlander related goodness called Queen Bee's Hive. Um, she also writes blogs for Outlander Cast. So lots and of good I have Outlander another content. Facebook page that kind of goes oh, yeah. with all the stuff I do on Queen Bee's Hive called Queen Bee's Outlandish Hive. Yes. On Facebook, the group. That's easy enough. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> Queen Bee's Hive on Patreon, Queen Bee's Outlandish Hive on Facebook. There you go. And I'm also doing, if anybody out there loves Turn, I'm doing a podcast on Turn. There you go. I know it's like been out of thing for a long time or a while but i'm going back and doing it we talk about how it's related to outlander it's some of like we have segments and that's one of the segments there's a fact and fiction segment so it's really kind of cool if you're into it if you're into the turn of revolutionary war Mm -hmm. i think you'd like it yeah there's not many there's nothing much out there return no you know i think it was before the podcast wave or something because there's not a whole there's nothing out there i was like oh my god how does nobody podcasting about this (laughs) yeah we're getting ready to really get into the nitty-gritty of the revolution with season seven so yes definitely Mm -hmm. super relevant to to what we're going to be seeing yeah i'm very excited Mm -hmm. and the next episode we're doing is the 
when General General Washington first appears oh, on the okay. show. So that's our next episode. I'm so I'm like, here comes the general. Right. I have my little sound <laughs> clip ready. All right. Anyway, are you ready to get into this? We'll start out with a good one. Best scene. So while we're doing this, if you guys saw the list ahead of time and you have filled it out and you want to share with us, please drop it in the comments and we'll share some of your guys' comments and we can talk about what your guys' favorite stuff was as well. So I gave it out on the Zoom too, the people that were on Zoom because they wanted to prep their stuff ahead of time. Yeah. And I said, oh, well, here's the questions. There there you go. (laughs) Just sent them to me again. Um, And Angela and I do not know each other's answers either. So we might have some duplicates, but that's how you know it's authentic. And it was a really good or really bad moment if we both have. Yes. And I do have multiple things on a couple of these. Yeah, I do too. Best scene for best. I said a lot of great scenes. It's really hard to pick. But I, I went through, I kind of did that one last because I wanted to see what I didn't pick for other stuff. So it's not really probably that my very favorite scene of all. Mm-hmm. It's like more like one of the ones I wanted to give credit to that I couldn't fit for just the riveting acting aspect of it. The accusation scene was excellent. Um, and I really enjoyed the hand surgery scene as well. Um, but if you're going to talk about like, cinematography and the way that it's filmed and the cinegraphic aspect of it um i really love the shootout scene in the finale and um the beach rescue scene mm-hmm. and then for my heart favorite i had to go with the rogers rescue of Aubrey christian and chewing oh, out yeah. the boys um so those are the ones i picked up and I, there was another one too but i'm going to save that and say it for something else because i said too much <laughs> all good things though the shootout uh-huh, was good. the shootout was amazing. I I feel like I, I actually about... had that for something else. I don't yeah. know why I kept it there, but I can't not mention it. It was right. just too good, you know. Yeah, I think I t- I talked about that for so long in my podcast. I was like, okay, I have to talk about other things now, or this podcast is going to be two hours long. You're welcome. You're entering my world, then, yeah. you know. <laughs> um. So the accusation was actually my honorable mention. Okay. Um, I just thought I'd throw that out there because you mentioned it. So, um, yeah, that was. I think I have it for something else too, you? but I can't. I mean, I don't know where I put it. Okay. I have to wait till I get there. Yeah, it was. Oh my god, everybody was so good in that scene. Like everybody was on their A game. It was, and it was filmed great. Yeah, it you was. Know, everything was on. On they knew mm-hmm. that it was. I think that's what I think I put it for spoiler alert I might have put it if you had pivot pivotal scene Mm-mm. I think that's where is that what oh I don't I, think iconic, I have that one. iconic scene maybe that's what it is yes most iconic moment and I put the accusation scene because to me that's like the pivotal major you know like when everything kind of the world turns upside down there you go yeah exactly <laughs> um so it's kind of like when you think of this season like that, like laying that out there. But mm-hmm. I, I'm jumping ahead. Never mind. Forget I said it. But that's where I put that scene too. So, let's so go ahead. What is um, your favorite? So, like you, I kind of save this one for last and figure out what I didn't talk about elsewhere, and then <laughs> stick something in there. I absolutely love the scene in "Give Me Liberty," the last scene between Jamie and John, when he's like, "Be careful," and I'm like oh my god I I know that scene between Jamie and John was so good like there was so Ugh. much left unsaid between them but they mm-hmm. knew like you could tell that Sam and David did such a great job 
conveying like I love that Jamie's like you can come with me like just come with me see if you can like maybe see their side I want my bestie with me let's be rebels together yeah and John's like John was so hurt he was like seriously this is how you see me like this is how you see me like a tyrant like this is who I am this isn't just an idea across the water like this is my life it's it it was such a powerful scene I loved it you know one of the things though and I'll tell the people here that are only show watchers only you know every scene that you see John in in that episode are all relevant or laying groundwork or foundation Mm -hmm. for things that happen in the future, even things that seem very innocuous, you know, like you guys all know that's that William is cast, Mm -hmm. you know? So that scene where he was describing William to Jamie and how he's this, and he's like everything under the sun. That's fantastic. You know, it kind of is setting up because he's going to be a character and we're going to meet him and get to know him. So it's already kind of laying groundwork of what kind of guy he is. Like he is a little mini Jamie, great at everything you know kind of thing and you kind of are seeing the pride that John like it kind of starts to define that relationship kind of the lay groundwork for the next season as well so and that's the case as well with this with that parting scene with Jamie um and and Jane and John's kind of you know but you could die and all this and you know kind of being sad and you know the idea of being of, of them parting and stuff like that was kind of a great uh groundwork too for things and so it's just I really, um, a lot of people don't realize how important that stuff is. They kind of blow it off, you know, with John, John, like he was just kind of, he wasn't even supposed to be in the season because he wasn't in the book in person and all, or whatever. And it's like, well, you know, no, because I understand why all those scenes matter, you know, and they always do matter because those, those pieces of groundwork need to be laid. So this, yeah, I love that scene. I have it for something else. So I, I, but I love it. And another one I had was uh, Ferguson Marsley's fight scene. Mm, yep, that was a good that one. That was a great scene. <clears throat> yeah, it was so well acted. Yeah, they were very proud of their work this season. Like before we even saw what they did, like I knew it was going to be awesome because they just could not stop talking about it. And I, I was not mm-hmm. disappointed. They had a fantastic arc. Yeah, this they season. were very pleased with themselves. I talked to I talked to Cesar mm-hmm. directly about it, and he was telling me like you're gonna love all yeah. stuff you know he was yeah. so happy we got some good stuff and it's all from the book and if you love the book you're gonna love and he's like all excited you know so yeah he uh even for our beast party he came on and was talking about the what he did in that season so he was excited about it for sure it was funny because i did the meet and greet with them out in seattle and they were just yeah. like so they're like, do you guys have any Outlander questions? And somebody leaned forward and was like, so what can you tell us about season six? <laughs> and they, Lauren looks around and she's like, has everybody here read the books? And there were like two people in the room that had not. So they couldn't talk about like, it. Don't leave. I was like, leave. you can leave. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for Step ruining out, please. it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, man. So what was your worst scene? I have a a scene because of the placement that's worst. I have a scene that I just hated. And then I have one that has had bad cinemagraphic and production value. Cause I, I kind of have to figure out what I'm looking at to mm-hmm. make a pick. You know what I yeah. mean? So for the one that is about being placed in a dumb spot, you know, and was a dumb choice mm-hmm. was Malva and Jamie laughing and joking and telling stories by the fire while Claire is practically dead upstairs 
you know, not great, Bob. I hated it, hated it, hated it. And just so you all know, this is from the book, from Rogers POV. He says he had been in the depth, talking about Jamie, he had been in the depths of despair and exhaustion during Claire's illness. Roger had feared for him nearly as much for, as he did for Claire. He'd gone hollow-eyed, grim-jawed through the hot, endless days of reeking death, not eating, not sleeping, held together by nothing more than will. Roger had tried to speak of, to him then of God and eternity, reconcile him with what seemed inevitable, only to be repulsed with hot-eyed fury at the mere idea that God might think to take his wife. This followed by complete despair as Claire lapsed into a stupor near death. Now, that's what we expected to happen in that whole sickness part, you know? Not this. I was so annoyed with, that they did that. And it just really took all the drama out of Claire's sickness part of that story. Yep. What saved it was all the accusation that post accusation and post that mm-hmm. kind of saved the episode for me because the stuff before that just felt really out of sync for me. That episode is one of the reasons that I cannot rate season six any higher than I can, if I'm being honest. That episode had such a potential to be mm-hmm. so freaking amazing. And mm-hmm. even they could have made, they should have made the epidemic an entire I love the episode. accusation. I thought yes. that was excellent. And the, right. and the follow-up talk in the barn thing. Yeah. All of that was great. It was just the, the way they handled the sickness, I hated it. It just, know? it needed to be two episodes. And I could mm-hmm. get on my soapbox about this and talk about Absolutely. it for hours and hours. Um, <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, like just that one excerpt that you just read. We got one scene of Jamie sitting by Claire's bedside looking halfway upset. And that was it. And like, they could have followed him throughout that entire time. They could have expanded. They, they spent all season. They could have showed Roger and him that scene. They could have. That would have been a great scene to show. And it would have been a great scene for Roger too. Yeah. And they, they spent all season with Claire and her ether nightmares, but we didn't, we got one little weirdo nightmare thing in mm-hmm. in that whole they could have really expanded upon that i mean mm-hmm. that was a great opportunity to explore her mental state and mm-hmm. so there's so much they could have done with that episode and i get that they use the epidemic as a vehicle to get to all the accusation stuff and i understand that but when you're given such great material to deal with you can't just gloss over it like that like that irritated me on a whole other level watching <laughs> them do, do that and, and the other things I picked for the, the cinemagraph, cinematography and production value was the tar print shop scene. I just felt it was yeah. really badly done as far as cinegraphic cine- yeah. uh, elements. Um, it just looked bad. It really fell short. I had such expectations because that was actually one of the scenes before the season when I had the little show of mm-hmm. what do we look, what are we excited about? Like for the book fans, yeah. what are we yep. excited about seeing in season six? That was one of the things like I was really I was like, I hope we get the print scene with the feathers all flying around and, you know, all of this stuff. And Jamie, like yelling at everybody and, you know, the guns coming out and, you know, Claire pointing the gun like uh, and I was just like, you got to be kidding me when I saw when how they portrayed it. I was like, oh, my God, it's awful. Um, So there was that. The other honorable mentions were the Scotchy duel. 
Oh, yeah. The Scotty doll and the girls and Bree finding the finger bones. I just thought that was so weak and crappy, mm -hmm. you know? It's not like anything was so terrible about it. It just it just came off stupid for yep. some reason. There were a like, few. Oh, what is this? And it all sounded fake. And it wasn't even acted like with any kind of realist. Oh, what is this? It looks like a bone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Well, you know. And I'm like, okay, I can't. <laughs> they really need Diana's lines because this is not working. Yeah, yeah that was good. So what'd you pick? A couple of different ones, actually. Yeah. Wow, that's great. <laughs> so I had, and this one wasn't on my list, but when you were talking, I got to thinking about it. The scene, so I think it's, I think it's Hour of the Wolf that these two scenes are in. There's two random ass scenes back at the ridge, one where they're testing the ether, yeah. and two when Lizzie is telling Kezi what it was like being under ether. And I was just like, those scenes are awkwardly written. They don't belong in the episode. And absolutely. So they were just off, 100% off, didn't belong where they put them, and the writing was subpar. So those I, I, I totally comments as well in a different category. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, so um those were yeah. two and then my um I did not like Granny Wilson's funeral. I didn't feel like the writing mm -hmm. was was very good on that one. I get mm -hmm. why they had to make some adjustments from how it was in the books and I was okay with that because of COVID, the size and all of that. I understand. Mm -hmm. Um so that I didn't really have an issue with. I just I don't feel like it fit where they put it. And then they kind of skipped over all of the mythology of the sin eater and things like that. So it just didn't have the punch that it needed to have. It just felt like they're like, Oh, well we need to have this so that we can reference it later in the season was kind of like, didn't necessarily feel like it belonged. It just needed to be there. I don't know. Yeah, and, you know what? And I'm not to be like the Roger fan person, but, I also thought Roger was very tame compared to what I picture him from the book. Roger was righteously angry in mm -hmm. that scene, you know, in yeah. the book. He was like, I will not have this, you know, and, you know, you need to stop this now, you know, yep. and it's not reverent, it's not correct, yep. you know, and so forth. And he kind of got up in people's face and here he was just like, looked all meek, like, oh, God, you it's know, not come on, fitting. Please, like, stop. This is yeah. not fitting, you know. This I'll is not have like, it. Come on, Roger. <laughs> Give me some angry Roger. Stop being a puppy dog. I need a wolf. Yeah. Come on, Come on man. Uh, and then. Um, get, get your pissed offness on. There you go. And then my um, honorable mention. That sounds so weird for something you're complaining about. The thing that I'm complaining yeah. about, but not quite <laughs> complaining as much about, um, was the longhouse scene in Hour of the Wolf, where they're like telling stories but it just felt so awkward and I couldn't figure out why it felt awkward. And I think it's just because as much time as we spent with Ian, we still weren't 100% getting it. Like we didn't feel why he was feeling awkward about it. And I don't know. And the thing is he really didn't, you know, yeah. like in the, in the books, he did yeah. very well. Right. Like, and he had, he would tell stories around the fires. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like this awkward thing, the way they were putting it. Um, so he fit right in and then them. just randomly burst into song. And I was like, 
This is weird. <laughs> this is really weird. <laughs> yes, that was very weird. I, I didn't understand that even. I didn't even understand the choice. Yeah. What was behind that choice? Do you know? No, I have no. That's why I was like, maybe if I knew I could reconcile He wasn't it even supposed bit. to be speaking the language. No. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like going to let him sing about home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you were right. supposed to be washing your white blood and not speaking the language. Yeah. This was so, bizarre. Anyway, so those were my two. All right. Biggest laugh out loud moment. There were some good ones. There were. And I really had a hard time trying to narrow this down (laughs) because that's one thing I liked about this episode. They did seem like they tried to bring in more humor Mm -hmm. and, you you know, bring in things that were they used to be so fearful of being of showing the humor that's in Diana's books. And it's almost like a lot of the things that we would complain about in the earlier seasons. It took them until season six to start understanding what we were, you know, like, uh, you know, not to make Claire like Miss Super Claire mm-hmm. all the time and bossing Jamie around and having all the ideas. It's okay to let Jamie be a man. And, you know, like we love Jamie because he's like that. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you don't need to change him. Um, and like that, you know, now you saw them coming around about that in this last season. Um, same thing with the humor. We said that till we were blue in the face. Like, you know, it's like we missed the humor of the books, like let that play in there. And now yep. they're starting to kind of get mm-hmm. that that's not a crime. I think it's just normally a crime in shows, right. the, in drama that makes humor and it makes mm-hmm. all the genres, you know, like Diana does. Like yep. the fans that are going to come there are like that. They know that, right. you know. So I think anyway, I think part of their um, hesitancy, I guess, is that television is so much more visible and easy to pick at so it if you don't get something right like if it can be even remotely construed as offensive it blows up because there are some things in diana's book that you could just be like oh (laughs) um so but she's not afraid of that you know like she she embraces that kind of when you write a book you have a more invested audience right that's the fact you know right like you're very much a hit when you watch tv you don't like it it's just as easy to just pick up Mm -hmm. the channel and move it to something else whereas if you went and have a book you bought that book Mm -hmm. you know or rented it or did whatever with it you know you're already invested all this time into reading Mm -hmm. it so you're not going to like likely most people are not going to like take a an 800 900 page book get to some spot in the middle that like yep. offends their sensitivities and go ah, f it i'm not reading right. the rest of the book right you know? but you know they're going to stick with it where you're not with the tv show something pisses them off they're like f this show you know mm-hmm. and they could just move on to some other show right so they do have to be more aware of people's right quirks i guess you know <laughs> yes let's see what people are saying um yeah definitely let's do that ellen says didn't like Malva and Jamie scene when Claire was so ill, you would not, would not have known she could have died. I think that was part of the problem. Like people don't realize how close to death she actually was. They did not communicate that. Yeah. Like she was literally a, a bag of bones basically whenever she finally came out of it and was very weak and just literally had an out of body experience. And then was like, Nope that's not that won't do (laughs) and sinks back into her body like yeah seeing jane or seeing jamie and malva like that like snapped something in her and she was like oh no 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 no. that's not not happening yeah (laughs) i'm gonna 
have said a spoiler because I was thinking of something that she said. I forgot to tell him not to marry an idiot. Like later, something else that happens down the road. <laughs> she thinks like something could happen to her. We're just like, I forgot to tell Jamie not to marry an idiot. <laughs> that was funny. Anyway, back to this season. My one of my okay, I'll go with my first one, which was even though they didn't stay, the Jamie and the Indian lassies, so many little funny bits in that. But because I really do want to I wanted them to stay because that was what made it really funny, even more funny. But but there were so many funny lines. But the one that I jumped out to me was when he's like to Ian, you'd be wise to stifle your glee. <laughs> that was the best I part of that, that entire scene. It was like, you'd yeah. be wise to stifle your glee. He's like bubbling with mirth. Just <laughs> oh, there's two of them, you know, one's down at your face. Well, Christ, what do you think I am? Well, they don't think you're him. <laughs> You know, it was just like so much greatness in that in yep. that scene. It wasn't as funny as the books. I think you're right. It's because they didn't stay. So there wasn't that like tension of just having to deal with that all night long. And because they didn't want to make it look like the king, that the king, the chief ordered them because that wouldn't be PC or whatever. So that's how it was. Yeah. So I historically correct. Like, yes. Not politically <laughs> correct, but historically correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and so I have a couple runners up do you want me to do you want to tell one so I don't take away yours or see so this one I think you're gonna disagree with me on actually I think that Jamie coming home was more hilarious than the actual Indian Lassie's oh, stuff when he threw the thing on yeah I loved it yeah yeah, yeah I wasn't that, that didn't that didn't thrill me because I just thought it, it felt it didn't feel authentic it's authentic to me and I didn't like that he wouldn't have done that. Like to me, it was very kind of rude to do to Mrs. Bug. And I can't picture Jamie doing that, you know, just like throwing his jacket on top of her face like that. So that kind of, it wouldn't have been the way he'd be. And so it kind of took me out of that a little bit, but I, it was funny, you know. I definitely, I don't think it's something that book Jamie would have done. Now show mm-hmm, Jamie, yeah. he's a little different and the relationship mm-hmm. between him True. and Mrs. Bug is very different in the show. Yes. So right, definitely, um, uh, definitely. He wouldn't have done that to Mrs. Bug, right. like thrown a jacket on top of her head. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like do something with this and walk past her. Um, he treated her like a, like a little mom almost, you yeah. know, in the book. So, and I do feel like Jamie can be very single-minded when it comes to. Oh yeah. <laughs> Claire. Sure. So um, I, I didn't have a problem with it. And then I thought it was hilarious. So um, that was actually my honorable mention. Okay. Yeah. What was your what was your big one? My big one is kind of a weird one. I don't think. Are we supposed to be doing honorable mentions up to the big one? I'm, is that what we're doing? Either it doesn't oh, matter. Yes. I mean, I guess that would make sense if we're. But I, I'm just like if you mention something, I'm talking about it, so we're not talking about stuff twice. But um, okay. so my my best one is something that I don't think you'll have on your list. It's the very first Jamie and Claire scene we get in the season and Claire is passed out on the bed and Jamie freaks out and he's like, Claire. And she's like, Christ, Jamie, you scared me. He was like, here I come find you barely breathing <laughs> thinking you've got to be God himself. And I'm the one scaring you. <laughs> <laughs> I die every time I see that, like, right. Yeah. I'm the one scaring you. Cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just thought you were dead laying there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. So, you know, they weren't mine. I had, I have, Four things. <laughs> they all deserve to be said, and I could put them for a lot of things. For one runner-up, 
Jocasta, Claire, and four McDonald drinking and smoking mm-hmm. pot at the party. In the boat! They were just like, so funny, in, in you know? <laughs> Token weed. I was like, oh my God. At this fancy schmancy party right. too. I had the Christy hand surgery, yes. which was funny in the way that it was, you know, like him screaming, you know, <laughs> Jamie reading the Bible, you know, and praying. And he's like, hey, that that's appropriate when he's appropriate now. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And um, and then I said the first scene with Tom when he came to the ridge and that whole bit with Roger coming in and he's just like, oh, I think I effed up. <laughs> you know, and he's like, he's staying. And they all kind of, he's like, <laughs> like in one motion, just turn around and go, what the fuck? <laughs> you just do. And you're like, oh boy. It was like, you know, like a great little moment. And then the fecal the fecal sample request that was funny. And Tom face, um, so horrified, <laughs> so horrified. She'd ask for something like that. Yeah. So we're like, hey, welcome to the world of Claire, Tom. <laughs> this is nothing in her world. And um, you know, a scene like that shows me that these writers are capable of writing comedy because that uh-huh. was not in the books. No, but it was freaking hilarious and i was and like, it totally seemed like something she yes. said and something he'd say right. and he'd react like a fit you know yes. it wasn't out of character or anything exactly so those were my little funnies yes lots of funnies this season that's one thing that i yeah, did like something about that's it. such a dark season like there was a lot yeah. of darkness in this right. season and so it's like a lot of humor and you notice what we didn't say Lizzie and the twins oh god don't <laughs> the thing I... they thought would be the comic relief Ugh. Hey, honey. Okay. Um, um, let's see. Uh, Ruth says that she thinks Sam throwing the coat at Mrs. Bug, like at the actress that plays Mrs. Bugs, was an ad lib. Oh, was it? That could be. He was a man with a with a mission. Lara says, <laughs> Marcelie to Adzo. Adzo, if I'm to die, don't let Mistress Fraser be doing any autopsies. <laughs> That was another good one. Judy says, <laughs> I agree, Chelsea. I like that scene with Jamie coming home from the native village. Ruth said, despite the darkness of this season, there were a ton of funny moments considering there were yeah. only eight episodes for sure. Yeah. Yep. There was. Yes. Um, and it wasn't like this overt where it would feel out of place. Only a couple times did they feel out of place. But mm-hmm. anything else you want to say on that topic before we move to the next topic? I don't think so. You're the, you're the, you're the. I was trying to think because there are so many different little giggle moments. I was afraid to put that. I was putting too many, but since you didn't cover them too, I figured, mm-hmm. oh, what the hell. I'll yeah, that's good. <laughs> Favorite set or filming location? I did set and filming locations because to me it's yeah it says different. it says and or favorite set okay, and good. or filming location. <laughs> so I said for best okay, I said this is going to sound lame, but I really love Jamie and Claire's teal parlor with the gold curtains. I just love that room. Every time they're in that room, I feel happy. You know, I don't know if it's the color combo or what. I just feel like I want to I want to have that room in my mm-hmm. house. You know, mm-hmm. I just I love know. it. Um, but I also also love the new stables this season too. So I like those too. Yeah, um, the the stables were my favorite set. Okay, um, they're so gorgeous, and it's such a huge set that there are so many different places that you can film scenes. 
I thought it was a very creative way to have outside filming locations because that was mm-hmm. kind of one of the not requirements Issues. of COVID, but they tried to have as many things outside as they could. Um, so I did really love the stables. Mm-hmm. And then I really liked the Cherokee Village. I thought that that okay. was a really cool little set. And I, it was, you know, it was actually they that they've used that filming location before, which I thought was very cool because I did not recognize it at all. It's from um, The Watch when Jamie and Corey and that whole band is riding across the clearing on their way to get ambushed. That yeah, yeah. that scene, it's the same location where they built the Cherokee Village. So I thought that was cool. Oh, yeah. And I said to for another set as far as like building, you know, mm-hmm. set. I really like the new Red Inn that they built um, that they used yeah. in, I guess, the one with Jocasta, that mm-hmm. scene that when they, um, what is it, Liberty? Give me Liberty. Yeah. I really liked it, you know, because they've like built that whole thing from scratch and they had a lot of things they put into it. They they like studied architecture for that was borrowed at that time period, all mm-hmm. this other stuff. They brought this authentic pool table from France, but the best was the mantle of strangeness. <laughs> Like out of the blue, he does this like double take. That was another funny. That was like, yeah. I was like, I know I'm missing something that I just giggled uncontrollably. He just kind of does a backtrack and look like the balls of Stephen Bonnet. Yes, of the notorious pirate. Oh my god. Um, so I put that just as like a funny set, you know. Um, and I said as far as. And and I also thought the armory reveal, I don't know if you call that a set, but I love the reveal of that room. The you know? priest hole, um, yeah. I said, as far as filming locations, I love that in this season, we got a lot of Scottish scenery through all the flashbacks and all that kind of stuff. So I really appreciated seeing Scotland for being Scotland, you know, for a change, um, because we we had, we always had to mask it as America. So it's great to get a lot of stuff woven in this season that showed off the beauty of Scotland again, real, you know, for right. real, you know? Um, and I also, the thing I really loved um, was the symbolic use of the river mm-hmm. in every episode um, to signal change and transition yeah. for a character. Um, so I really loved that. I liked the symbolism of it and it just was beautiful to see. And you saw it in every single episode. Yeah. So uh, they had some scene that was momentous <clears throat> near water or near the river a river of some sort whether it was the mohawk river or it was you know the one that was at the cherokee village or the one that's at the right. ridge you know yeah um but <clears throat> yeah so there, those were mine you know a, a really odd sounding one but i really appreciate what they did was the Bree and roger love scene in 608 the tent how little it was because in season in the season four it's not the finale. It's like episode 11 where Jamie and Claire are in this massive tent. And I'm like, where the hell are they putting that whenever they're carrying it around? So I thought it was right. so authentic to have this teeny tiny little tent with them, like all huddled inside. And, and like, it all like the lighting was cool with yeah. it all glowing inside. Right. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. beautiful. So I appreciated that little set. It's, it's like such a weird thing to be like, yeah, I like that set, but. I thought it was just right. really authentic. For my worst, I, I didn't know what to put for my worst. I put the print shop just because I have such bad vibes about that whole scene and how it came off. It looked, everything looked chinzy. 
you could tell they didn't put their money into that scene. Yeah. You know, like that they decided like we have so much we're doing and we're not going to put a lot onto this scene. And they just, Mm -hmm. it it showed it, you know, so it's a shame. So I kind of put that, but that's just because I didn't like the whole scene and the setup of that scene. Yeah. So I know what you put for your worst. I didn't have a worst for that one. Mm-mm. Okay. Nope. Well, then I don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, this one's a good one. Biggest tearjerker. There were a lot of those. Yeah. Oh, I guess we can look at. Let's see. Um. Lara says her favorite location scene was the boat carrying Bonnie Prince Charlie and Flora McDonald over the sea to sky. Yeah. That all oh, that filming yeah, location was was awesome. Yeah. It, and I literally rewatched that right at the week after I got back from Sky. And I was like, I wonder if they actually, I wonder where they filmed that. That's, that was one of the things I was like, it's, it looks very similar to Sky wherever they filmed it. But Sky is so far away from where they normally say, film. It's really far, isn't it? Yeah. So, cause Sky is like out in the middle of nowhere. It takes forever to get there. And it's just like two lane highway the whole way. So I don't think they actually filmed it on Sky, but it it must be somewhere in the Highlands on the West Coast, because that's kind of where you get that that kind of geographical formations, I guess. Not to sound stupid, but isn't that where Sky is off the West Coast in the Highlands? Yeah, but it's like way up. Like you don't have to quite uh, okay. go that far north. <laughs> like, okay, I don't want to sound stupid because no. I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to go that far north to kind of start okay. getting that vibe. I guess. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, okay. Anybody else have favorite filming locations or scene like sets? I guess just drop them in the comments if you have. It says the bit where they all left the room while Fergus helped Marsley during the birth. Is that for your funny, Liz? Or is that because I see you putting laughy faces? So I don't, I'm thinking that you mean that to be funny. Oh, yeah. When you probably whenever, um, they were getting jiggy with it and, <laughs> and everybody was outside at the table going are they doing what we're thinking like, doing? yeah that's what they're doing Bree's like i'm gonna take a walk and jimmy's like i'm gonna no. take a walk and jimmy's <laughs> like well they're gonna be doing that well that was if that's what the wee bugger's up to <laughs> yeah that's what the wee bugger's up to so for tear jerkers um i have a couple one of them mentions and i have my two biggest ones i said claire's confession to jamie in six or seven and claire at the grave hit me especially knowing katrina filmed that pregnant at the time Mm. and she's sitting there you know with the c-section and that you know that hole where she's like crying and crying you know um it was just so like i kept thinking oh my god how is she doing this you know how is she doing this? And I was crying for her having to film that. So I was, I felt so bad for her. And then her in that scene at 607, even though 607 was one of my lesser favorite uh, episodes, um, it was uh, that scene in in 607 was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I mean, fantastic. And it was gut-wrenching. So those were the ones with Claire, but I also have to do honorable mention for Jamie's party scene with John because it did make me teary when I saw that with the same exact thing that you said, you know, so I, so I, I put mine there in the tearjerker part. Um, the Fergus and Claire scene where he was telling her his background 
And I said on here, I needed to put John in here somewhere because he made that 605 episode for me. And I didn't have anywhere else to stick him. And so I put them there. Um, and I said, all of John's scenes here really set up season seven in different ways. I already told mm-hmm. you that. And then yeah. I said Ferguson Jamie at the end of 603 as well. So all yeah. of that was just, I love the whole Fergus storyline in, in this uh, season. Yeah. Yeah. I love, so I love Fergus's story as well. It was, very powerful um even though i do think you know he's beating himself up a bit too much and i wish somebody could have got through to him and to to you know let him know that but mm-hmm. um it's one of those things where he didn't want to hear it so he right. wasn't going to but um so yeah the scene between Jamie and Fergus at the river was one of my honorable mentions cuz yeah. there was so much about that scene just like almost a paying back of a debt for everything that Fergus has done for Jamie, you know, and like yes. that give and take relationship that they have was, mm-hmm. it was a great scene. Because um, it was Fergus that brought him out of yep. being, when he said, there you are, my Lord. I know. Back, you know, back yeah. in, um, in the Dumbana episode. Surrender. And, yeah. You know, it was just like, now it's like, he's doing that for him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because they've all had their bad time. You know, they've all yeah. had their depression, yep. you know, and their time where they needed another person that loved them to pull them out of that depression. So, yeah. I mean, I don't I love him for feeling like that. No. Well, and I loved how Fergus was like, I don't know if I can be that man again. And Jamie's like, you can and you will. Like, speaking from personal experience, like, I've been yes. in the deepest, darkest pits of despair Pit. where you're yes. at right now. And I guarantee you it's going to get better. And, and I loved, and I loved how Jamie even like he continued trying to like fought. Well, really, he just really was the father in this whole season, I, you know, for everybody. Yeah. You know, he was just such a good grandpa and granda, I should say, and and dad, and just being like the go the go to strong person to see you through a difficult thing or whatever or to give advice I would, i'd love to get they got this around for jamie because they didn't do enough of that before so i feel like i was we, really glad to see that we definitely made a transition this season but for jamie and claire's roles i think and it wasn't necessarily it's not a bad thing and it's not a changing of the guard or it's not saying that other characters are going to take over the actiony stuff it's just that they're in a different stage of life now and they've been there, done that and they can offer the advice and things like that. It's not, it's just, we're actually getting to see them as parents and grandparents now. And that's, it's great. Like it's, I love it. Exactly. Me too. Um, I mean, I get very annoyed when people reject anything that's not Jamie Claire centric, you know, Um, because that's part of the story. The reason they were centric before was because it was just them. Now it's not just them anymore. Right. You know, the, 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 the thing has grown. So you have to grow with it. Yes. You know, you can't just continue. They can't just continue to be in their bubble, you know, and, and you got to see those characters interacting with the other characters, mm-hmm. not just seeing the other characters between themselves and then still do Jamie and Claire. And that's the only relationship yep. you care about for either one of them. Yeah. No, you know, that's not the way it is in life. Right. Yeah. And then my other, uh, honorable mention was the scene between Fergus and Marsley where they're arguing and yeah. Marsley yells at him and she says you promised me Fergus Fraser yes. I was like oh, just putting yourself in that 
those shoes. Like that right. the one person that you love most in the world, like you're having to shoulder the weight of raising three small kids and dealing with somebody who's drinking too much and refuses to try to come out of this and like let you even help them at all. And it's just not what she pictured for her life. And for them to have that conversation is especially with her background, having yep. a drunk father, mm-hmm. having, you know, it's just like, oh no, you know, yeah. I can't cope with this. Right. Like I can deal with a lot, but this here is hitting me in my in my mm-hmm. soft part. You yeah. Know? So for sure. Um, but yeah, my my number one tearjerker was definitely the scene between Jamie and Claire in six oh seven because okay, it's the actually yeah, that was, it's the only scene it. all season that actually made me cry. Like I got teary eyed with the other stuff, but this was the one that I was like, I cry every time I watch it because it's such a beautiful moment. So- she she was so good. Well, they were both so good, mm-hmm. you know, in that scene. And they both were so good in different ways. But she is, she just looks so, like, she just, she looks so lost. Lost, you know? Yep. Um, and, and you just wanted to give her a hug. Like, it's okay, you know? You're going to be okay. Yep. Um, she, I hope they didn't overshoot themselves, though, with this. Yeah, I know. I thought with the her same going downhill, I'm worried about that because sometimes they tend to do that in this show. They do everything like a season before it actually is supposed to happen. And then when you get to the thing where things are supposed to happen, it'll feel like you're repeating yourself if you do it where it's supposed to be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I'm worried about that, but we'll see how that goes. I mean, hell, um, I've been fighting it all this since Droughtlander started with it just felt so repetitive from season five. And I'm like, I don't know what to what tell you. you the whole rescue and all of that. And I'm like, oh. um, and I get it, but also I, I get it too. If you can't see the differences, then that yeah. means you're not willing to see the differences. <laughs> like there were a lot of differences between this season and last season's ending. So Yeah, and you know, I think like like you said earlier, if they would have been able to do it where this was falling in the middle of the season, it wouldn't have felt so repetitive. It wouldn't have felt like that because Mm -hmm. it would have led to other drama and it wouldn't have felt like you ended on the same Mm -hmm. type of thing, you know. Right. Um, so yeah, I get it. But yeah, so I just I hope that they're able to mask it a little bit or make it feel different, I guess. Um, uh-huh. if they decide to include that kind of stuff in season seven. So um, I think we're going to have a whole other fight on our hands as far as uh, <laughs> season seven content. I've seen a lot of arguments about, oh, so one conversation with Jamie and just makes mental illness go away. Cool. And I'm just like, oh boy. Yeah. So I'm hoping that season seven, we're going to continue to see her recovery, not necessarily where she's, at right now as we end season six but we can we see her still struggling but being able to go to jamie with it or being able to talk to somebody about it versus keeping it all inside so that's kind of my hope i guess yeah as long as she has jamie she has an outlet exactly and it does make it better to some extent it doesn't make it go away but Mm -hmm. if you can talk about what you're struggling with you're not i think honestly that's where um this is kind of getting off topic, but it's still season six. That's kind of where Lionel's manifestation comes from is that she's not talking to anybody else about it. So she's talking to herself about it. (laughs) And 
So I think that, yeah, in a respect, opening up to Jamie did kind of help a lot in that, you know, have somebody to converse with about and counter her worst thoughts instead of just piling on, I guess. But best character arc, what you got? Okay. So I have best and worst. I didn't know if you did best. Okay. Yep. So for best, I said Roger or Fergus. Really, I put Fergus slash Morsley because I include that scene you know, in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Fergus, like, Derm is a couple, I'm saying, yep. that arc, mm-hmm. you know, Roger. But I said, I also love Tom's arc mm-hmm. in this season. Yep. And I said, Claire's was the biggest, but not necessarily my favorite arc in the season, you know. So um, as much as, you know, if I had to say, like, okay, what character had the most drama- dramatic mm-hmm. change happen to them over the, you know, it would be her, I guess, you know, if you want to say something. But uh, for me, like I was more in, invested and interested in these other ones, and I thought they did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, they finally got Roger more like the character he's supposed to be, you mm-hmm. know, like hero, sh- just strong backup for Jamie, you know, rescuing Henri Christian, being a minister, doing all his thing, being the one that had the words of wisdom and voiceovers when other mm-hmm. things were happening, you know, all of that stuff. I was like, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. My, I don't know how much the Roger haters were swayed, but I appreciate the effort. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I really thought Tom, I loved, I loved Tom in this book, in this book, mm-hmm. in this season, and I really loved. He, I thought he did an excellent job in in really charting where he comes from, right from the beginning with Ardsmere, mm-hmm. all the way until that last episode. Um, so he was just fantastic in my opinion and that involved Claire you know as well but um, you know that's a big reason for his change of self Um, so yeah I I loved like watching him in this I thought they did an excellent job in in casting the Christie's so they they were awesome yeah Um, so I said my worst is Lizzie and the twins character art for me um it really lost something in translation for a book to show um the reveal was extremely misplaced in my opinion i get they only had eight episodes so they had to put things together that might have not felt like they should be together but it just really didn't fit in that episode made that episode really suck for me um i mean not suck suck but it kind of pulled it down you know i would have had a higher grade without that whole thing uh, it just flopped for me. On hindsight, I think I would have rather had them just cut the story, cut that whole story. You know, at the beginning, I was like, oh, this is fun. it was a funny thing in the book. But it be, when they took so much around that story away, you know, mm-hmm. that was in the book that helped make that story work that, um, yeah, I would have just rather them scrapped it. You know, if it was going to be so stitched and then thrown in with this scene of her being haunted, this whole episode of her being haunted Lionel, it was like, okay, let's laugh about Lizzie's twin hubbies, you know, in the middle of it. And I get, you know, I know Diana mixes humor with Mm -hmm. serious stuff, but she does it with such an art that it never comes off that way. Very rarely, occasionally, but very rarely does it come off like, okay, this really doesn't work here. (laughs) You know what I mean? But it did in the book. I mean, in the show. Yeah. Although I still laughed. At the paps, paps with wrinkled raisins, whatever, nipples on it. I still laughed at that line. Because <laughs> it was right from the book and it made me laugh at oh. the book every time I read it. Uh. <laughs> so 
those cops with the little wrinkled like raisins. Oh, I don't know how they did that with a straight face to film that scene. I really don't. I don't <laughs> I either. I gotta give them credit. I uh-huh. I can't. I I don't know how they did it. The Beardsleys are my least favorite as well. Lizzie and the Beardsleys. That doesn't come <laughs> as a shock to you, I imagine. Um, no. But, you know, and everybody that's here knows if they've listened to my podcast. I don't like that storyline in the books either, but it was way better in the books than it was in the show. Like, uh-huh. um, just because just because of Joseph, honestly. Joseph. That, makes, that makes a huge difference. Yeah, right. I mean, he was the funny part of, I mean, not funny, but his whole breakdown and them oh trying to figure out what the hell's wrong with him yep. in the book. Yeah, you know, and him like, oh my god, it's horrible. And they're like, what happened? Who who has done this? Who has the foster daughter? I will have in the dead in your feet. Yeah, <laughs> Joseph, it it's like, cold. It's and I want like, to go. Ian, if it could only be Ian. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god. Yes, that would be. I would not be that upset about Ian. And so Jamie's like, Jesus God, who the hell is? <laughs> He wouldn't be upset about a freaking mohawk yeah. impregnating his daughter. Right. <laughs> what the hell is he? Yeah. Oh my god, that was a riot in the book, and yeah. that's what made it all work. You right, know? right, like, yeah. And that's why I'm like, I'm I, cold, I'm wet, I want to get in, I want to go <laughs> home. Like, yeah, speed it up, <laughs> get to the point. <laughs> Get to the point, Joseph, and let me kill somebody and let's get this over Right. With. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I'm like, I didn't care for it in the books, but I could definitely swallow it. Like, it was it was fine. But I just had the niggling feeling all freaking wait through Droughtlander that they were going to do it and it just wasn't going to be good. And mm-hmm. guess what? They did it and it wasn't good. It wasn't good. <laughs> So, and they even used a lot of the lines from the book. They did. But it wasn't that. But it wasn't that. It was just that it was the context of it was so yeah. bad. Well, to have this in this context, to have no other stuff around it that's supposed to be around it, it just didn't work. Yeah. It was too stripped out and too in the wrong place. I'm not a big fan of the casting choices for those characters either. Me neither. So, I mean, they're great people. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think put in the right roles they could be amazing Mm -hmm. i don't think they were the right choices for these characters so that takes me out of it a lot as well so yeah i think it was just a compilation of things honestly but um as for best character arcs um i would agree that as far as main character arcs go claire's was the biggest it was my it was my favorite just because I really dug all the ether stuff, honestly. I really thought it and was... And I remember you were one that didn't at first. Well, I wasn't sure how I felt about I it. I was trying to talk you around on it. Um, but that's because I thought it was going to go someplace it didn't. It was one of those... So I thought it went, I thought it went a little overboard. I, I, I didn't mind it at first yeah. where I, when I thought I knew what it was they were doing with it. But then when it, it kind of took over. Uh-huh. A lot of their inventive stuff takes over. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Like, they... They don't know how to keep it in, in its, <laughs> not in its place, but you know what I mean? Keep it on a leash. Like, keep it on a leash. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> keep it on a leash. Yeah. You know, don't yeah. let the dog run wild all over the damn episode, all over the season. You yeah. know, and that's what they do with things that they invent. They tend to like, let it take over. The ether, they get in love with themselves. <laughs> it was difficult for me because, you know, and I don't know any of you that are new, Angela and I both got advanced screenings 
for the digital or for the the whatever it is online premiere we saw it before a lot of people <laughs> we just had to keep quiet about it <laughs> that was hard for me because I couldn't just turn around and re-watch it and process it I just had to sit with it and for something that I wasn't sure how it was gonna go I that's what made me iffy on it because I was like, okay, I need to be able to process this and I can't rewatch it for what was it? Mm-hmm. Three more weeks or something like that. Two more weeks. Mm-hmm. So I think that was part of why I struggled with it. But overall, I liked what they did with the season. I thought that it was a good way to show, like get inside Claire's head a little bit and kind of show what mm-hmm. she's really dealing with. You so, don't think it monopolized too much in the, where we needed to see other things toward the end. It like kind of took over. Mm, no, not really. Okay. Um, because I think that 607 was, it needed to be with Claire, I think. Um, I think we needed that episode. And I was thinking back to the last episode that we actually had a Claire-centric episode. I couldn't remember which one it was. Like, it's been a couple seasons since we've had something that was very heavy on Claire and Claire's story. Really? I feel like she's always monopolizing I mean, episodes, it was, but that's, I but guess not was, as much, right, not as much this season or anything, like, well, yeah, this season, yeah. It was, I guess uh, it was 512 was probably one that, the last one that we got, so it wasn't, yeah, like, 512. all season, season six, and I think it was a lot because we, Katrina was pregnant, and they were trying to reduce her load, but it was very Jamie heavy until 607. I love that. I do, no, I, I love it, I love it. But it was like about time. Yes, it's about time we get some Jamie love, you know? No, 100%. Like, I loved that it was very Jamie centric. But because it was Jamie centric, I feel like we needed 607, like to be Claire heavy. So that we get that almost reconnection. It's like Claire's very been very remote all season and Jamie's been busy doing all this other stuff. So they kind of like come back together. And then 608 was Jamie and Claire taking on the world together. So, yeah. I like yeah, that. Not, that I was down with. Yeah, for um, sure. And I, I liked it. I liked, like I said, I liked certain scenes in 607 mm-hmm. a lot. I just, um, some of it, though, I wasn't overjoyed with. I had my ups and downs in that episode. You know, it was one of those mm-hmm. episodes for me. Yeah. But I, I was like in my bottom couple. Like, yeah. Not the very bottom, but my bottom yeah. couple. But I don't, I really did. Like, honestly, I didn't think there was a really bad episode. Like, you know how every mm-hmm. season has their clunker, mm-hmm. you know, type of episode? I didn't feel like this season had a clunker. No. And Diana said that, but I really didn't. I felt like every season had a lot of strengths. Every season, every episode had a lot of things I could look to and make and say that yeah. was great about right. this episode. That was great about this episode. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And there's episodes in the past that I was like, that was just a big oh, yeah. CF, oh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, um, um, yeah, I think... I mean, there were some episodes that I did not care for in this season, but it wasn't like one stood out above the rest, like, Mm -hmm. I guess. So, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, But, yeah, so as far as, like, the main things that we got this, the main arcs we got this season, Claire's was the top of my list. But I also really loved Fergus and Marsley's story. That was on my list as well, because it was only the first three episodes, but it was really good, like really good I, stuff. That was one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I gave I think I gave six oh seven a four a four point five or four point yeah. five five or something like that. You know, like mm-hmm. ooh, like 
so it's still good. It wasn't like I did like I gave it a four three or anything like that. Yeah. It was still great, you know, great episode. Yeah. Um, and it had that great scene that was probably one of the oh, best, yeah. best scenes of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of great things about that episode. Yeah. Like the bugs got on my nerves. The thruple got on my nerves. Mm. The you know the the whole a little bit heavy too heavy with the Lionel thing. I was like kind of like yeah. ready to be done. So I'm thinking. Dude, you people have one episode left. You're spending all this time on this, you know. So I kind of was ready to move on. I was kind of glad they were kind of talking yeah. about, you know, and I and made it made it. It felt like because they had to shorten the season, it did feel like it took it did take all season to remedy this ether issue. So I get why people were frustrated with it, but because it felt like it took over. Right. My other thing with the issue was with the ether was we never saw it used for its proper purpose, which right. I, I didn't like that either. Yeah. I think that if had we gotten the Aiden mm-hmm. um operation, which I think would have went perfect in this season because it yeah. deals with the Christies, it deals with um Roger and Bree, like mm-hmm. all of the people that are in there are part of that scene. Right. And you would have seen the ether being used right now. It just looks like she cooked up drugs, yep. the views, and right. there's no purpose for right. it, you know. Yep. And I didn't like that, yeah. like, vi- a vibe, you know? Yeah. So that's another thing I didn't like about But I didn't mind the ether part. Of right. It. I didn't mind the, yeah. the, the I, showing her trauma. You know, I didn't mind yeah. that. I think you're right, though. Like, because when you don't get the payoff with the operation scenes and actually using the ether, that really makes the ether testing scene with Lizzie and Malva and all of them be like, why do we need to see this if... We, we don't like actually yes. see we never have the question of and to have it well, wedged in like that yeah like we never get the question of well when did malva learn how to do this like i could get it if we needed that information later on but we never need it so it really just didn't and wasn't that episode that it was in an extended episode too like it was one of the ones that was longer i don't know I maybe i'm wrong no it was, it was at 604 the, it was it yes. was an exactly an hour because it's hour of the wolf and I thought that was funny. But yeah, I mean that that was just basically and I feel terrible for like pointing it out, but anything with Lizzie or the twins in it this season, I was like, yeah, you could have cut that out completely. Like we didn't yeah. we didn't need it. And honestly, like past a certain point, they're not relevant to the story anyway. So it's not like we need to like build this up because it's gonna That's be vital. Group. She barely even made an appearance in Beast. I know. I'm like, what happened to Lizzie? It was like you blinked, you missed her. Right, yeah. So so I'm like, it, it was one of those things where I'm like, of all the stuff that you could choose to cut out of A Breath of Snow and Ashes and stuff to keep, and this is what you kept? <laughs> like, oh my God. Okay. And I told Carlotta, I saw what you said about the um, John thing. We were talking about that. Yes. Yeah, we both really love that one as well. <clears throat> Let's see. Hillary says, it wasn't realistic to me that Claire could snap out of her mental illness to have the heart-to-heart chat with Lizzie. Yeah. Although I her agree. line to Lizzie, I'm glad you're enjoying yourself, were hysterical. Yeah. It was, well, I'm glad you're enjoying yourself, but Kathleen. you know you're not going to be able to hide this. You know, this is like what, you know, you can't just forget it at it why do they matter mm-hmm. why did why does it matter is it anybody's business everything's everybody's business here right uh Catherine so, says yeah. it'll be interesting later once seven is out to watch the eight episodes plus the additional four 
and see if it feels more complete, almost like season seven starts on episode five. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm trying really hard to like keep it in my head as season six is part one, because I really like, I need people to remember so that I'm not getting in a funk trying to fight my way out of this one, that season six does not, was not supposed to end that way. So right. I actually love the end. I love the finale. I did you know, like I it. really did. But as far as I when you're it. getting into, oh, it was repetitive. Oh, I didn't li- like like the cliffhanger. I didn't I, think so. I felt like that. I didn't feel this way, but people are arguing like, oh, I felt like it just left us, left so many things open-ended. It didn't feel like a finale, yada, yada, yada. It wasn't the finale. That's not how it was written. <laughs> like, that's not- It felt like a finale to me anyway. I, I, you- I thought it was great. It had a yeah. lot of action. Mm-hmm. It had a big build-up moment, you know, of triumph at the end yeah. with, with Ian. Yeah. I mean, it had, you know, Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. It had great, like, cinematography in it, you know what I mean, of different, yeah. like, elements that make it, like, a big episode. I, I don't know what, you know, I don't it know. Brought, was- it brought a lot of things between episode seven and episode eight it brought a lot of the dangling story threads from the first half of the season to a close which I liked I felt like you need to have that in a penultimate in a finale episode um so I was it it left some things hanging but not overwhelmingly hanging like you're just like oh my god I can't handle this and now we've got to wait 18 months for next season what are we gonna do no I mean I think if they had not included the beach rescue scene of Jamie getting saved, that would have been a whole other, whole other thing. But now we know Jamie's free and he's going to get Claire. So it feels like much less of a cliffhanger in my opinion. Yeah. And I honestly, um, I thought it was great. I mean, I actually really loved that episode and I really liked it because we were past this ether thing too. It was like, mm-hmm. we really got to see that whole Jamie team, mm-hmm. Claire, Jamie yeah. thing and, and, um, you know, it really started turning that arc with Tom Christie. So there was just so much about it. I loved, yeah. I loved that episode. Mm-hmm. And I was really like, what is wrong with now? And I think they did a damn good job making it feel finale-ish when it wasn't meant to be finale-ish. It really mm-hmm. still yeah. felt like a big episode. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so I, I, I thought it worked. And, and the thing is, I just want to caution everybody. They don't, they're, they're not just plunking these four episodes down no, into the right. beginning of the thing. I know, you know, um, but don't think like, however, they're restructuring it to feel like the ramping up of a new season rather than the closing of it. So even what you will see, isn't the way it would have played out had they done it when they intended to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, like Diana wrote the whole episode nine. Now her episode is chopped up to a couple different episodes. Mm-hmm. So they have really kind of reshuffled all of these big things into a couple episodes to kind of ramp it into the season. Um, and so it's going to be different. Even like, even if you look at it that way, I'm going to chop the first mm-hmm. four episodes and stick it on the end of this thing and make it like a 12 episode and look at it like that because it isn't even going to be the way it was right. originally planned, you know? So uh, we'll never know what it was, orig- right. <laughs> what it was originally exactly going to yeah. look like, you know? Uh, I wish we could. They should have did that on the DVD. Like, this is what we planned. Right. <laughs> this was our original outline for season six. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know, we did have a plan. Yeah. Um, before COVID and Katrina, the double yeah. whammy, you know? Lara says lack of character arc and development is Mr. and Mrs. Bug. There were a couple of scenes and lines that maybe they're trying to build them up, but I think it's seriously lacking. 
I don't even think it's I don't it's even lacking. count them as in a character arc. I think <laughs> I feel like they did nothing. It's yeah. just they waited too long and now mm-hmm. even if they're trying, they are trying, you can see it and it's like, stop trying. You can see it and it's just too late. Too little too late. It's too late. Too little we too don't late. care about them. We're like, yeah, they've been there since the beginning of season five, but nobody knows who the hell they are. And now and we we've been telling season. you since they first appeared, you're not really doing anything. How many times did we say we, I've seen that comment a billion times from people that were book readers yep. that know where that storyline has to go yep. and are like, the books are just like nothing. They're like basically just knickknacks on the shelf type of thing right. you know? like they're not even have lines yeah um so okay i actually talk about this as a finale and when i get down to I favorite do episodes and stuff i know <laughs> that's why i was like well that'll be a shorter conversation than i guess best costume okay so i went a little weird on this because I, I couldn't think of anything honestly bad so i don't have a worst no i don't all either I have for worst I all t- i have is a, yeah. for a worst is that some of Claire's clothes didn't really hide her pregnancy as much as they hoped they would. Yeah. But that's not really bad costuming. Right. That's just nature. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, you can't much. like control her stomach growing. Um, so my best though, I picked, you know, a couple of interesting that I like. I like Chief Bird and his new wife. Um, yeah. the wife let's that he just got mm-hmm. or whatever, and their whole bird, you know, look. The wife too. I mean, yeah. I thought they were so cool. With the with him with the crown of bird feathers, yeah. and her with the like big collar of bird uh-huh. feathers and stuff, and I was just like, that is so cool. I really love their outfits a lot. Um, and then I also picked Aiden McCullum's little hat and Oliver Twist look. I thought he was just adorable. You like you look like this little like, can I have some balls? <laughs> look on it. <laughs> and I also love Jem's outfit in the finale. He was so cute. With his little little colonial hat, his little yeah. vest, you know, and this little jacket, like a little dapper dude. And mm-hmm. it was so cute. So I picked like all off things because I figured, yeah. you know, you would probably be the main cast. So um, that's what I that's what I picked. I my favorite one or best costume was Chief Bird's costume. Oh, yeah. we tied. Yeah. We did the same. I thought I was picking something off the beaten track. No, I, you know, I because love, it wasn't a main character. Yeah, I love the look. I, I think it's, I mean, they put a lot of effort into these designs yeah. for these Native American costumes. And the wife. The wife yeah. was so cool. With the the one he said my new feathers. Wife. Yeah, that was yes. really cool. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. And you know what else I like? Kay Hiroten's little skunk thing. Yeah. His little skunk fur. Yeah. That was sharp with that the was. red yeah. and the black it and white good. and the skunk. Yes. So, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So, um, that was my that was my favorite one. But I also really loved John's coat at the Flora McDonald banquet with the grape clusters trim. It yes. was so cool. Yeah. What do you so, think was the meaning behind that? I don't know. How I, do you... I've thought on that. Do you interpret so much. any of the stuff? Because you know they put like they kind of thought into clothes. Yeah, like, I know they did. Claire wearing the red, mm-hmm. you know, against the slaves. Yeah. Scene, you right. know, and all that different thing. Like they do have thought behind yeah. it. Yeah. So, what do you think was the whole point of Lord John with the grape clusters? I don't know. I'd have to any... look into it. I'm doing actually. I think my next series, since I'm all caught up now, I'm doing um, dress to impress. So I'm going to be digging into some of their costumes and stuff like that so um i love it yeah so i'm gonna have to i'll have to look into it for sure because i'm sure there's the significance to the grape clusters 
Um, yes. Yeah. Well, it is very kind of, uh, it kind of feels very almost like a regal type of fruit where you think mm-hmm. of grapes, you think of like, you know, like a, like somebody that's a king or a person. The, Ro- like, the Romans yeah. like all reclined with their <laughs> grape clusters. So maybe they were just trying to make him look like above all that, yeah, you know, and, and Jamie and Jamie, Jamie had all these like little flowers and little like yeah. uh, herbs and different little things, you know, mm-hmm. and he was, it was so cute. Like I looked at a close up. Uh, I was looking like trying to remember the costumes. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, I haven't got it. I didn't get a chance to rewatch the season or look at a couple, like mm-hmm. zip through them and see the costumes. And I'm like, you know, season six costumes. And I was like looking to see which I picked. And there was this picture of Jemmy that came up really like close up to show his little vest and his yep. little colonial hat and everything. I said, <laughs> I said, I love it. So cute. <laughs> and the one that I immediately thought of was the bird costume because I thought that was like, wow. Yes. You know, that right. was freaking cool. Yeah. It was uh, really cool. Favorite musical moment. So, like I said, I haven't been able to rewatch and I don't remember enough, but I did check out the soundtrack mm-hmm. to just see which song I thought, okay, like when I heard the song, it made me immediately remember the moment mm-hmm. type of thing. Yep. That's kind of how I did it. Cause I had to think of it last, like I didn't have enough time to really yeah. prep that answer. Mm-hmm. So I went through with the Omri Christian song. Part of the opening of that track is with a river scene. Yeah. And you hear all this like buildup of tension, mm-hmm. you know, um, of him, of like Roger trying to get to him in time and, the, the, the cast the basket the casket I almost said <laughs> the basket almost was a casket the basket rolling down the river you know and like the music was like you know and then all of a sudden it kind of like shuts down real quick like once he was saved and then it's just like this real like infant little sweet precious yeah yeah very sweet like thing so I just kind of went with that. Mm-hmm. I know there was probably okay, better but... ones if I get a chance to relook at it, but I can't think of it. And I know you're much better with these things. So I'm, oh. gonna, I'm sure you will dust me on this one. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so I loved Ian's love story theme um, okay. with the female vocals. It's like one of the first times that we had a female vocalist that's not Raya Yarborough, which I thought ah. was interesting. Um, but very fitting because we're in a very different world than what we have come to recognize Raya's voice. So um, I love that it's kind of, it's such a haunting, beautiful melody. And it's very, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just saw something on the board that I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, Bonnie Prince Charlie's dressing up dressed as a woman. As a woman. Yes, I know, I saw <laughs> oh, that. That's a good one for costume. <laughs> yeah. Good one, Alan. Yes. Yeah, I like that was funny. Yeah. That was like a funny one. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I don't know what to put. I And I struggled with the best costume because I felt like there wasn't anything that really stood out to me this season. Stood but out. that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good one, Ellen. Good job. Yeah. John, grape clusters may be foreshadowing the book nine's grape gathering scene. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, it sounds so pleasant, doesn't, doesn't it, it? Gathering grapes. Jesus. <laughs> Just going to go have a nice day gathering muscats on the hillside. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, so yes, I loved Ian's love, love story theme. That was my kind of honorable mention. But my favorite was oh. the 
the scene at the end of the premiere when Claire is making her ether and it's got the the voiceover of the Drums of Autumn prologue, there is something about that that melody. It's so haunting and just like you constantly want to look over your shoulder and then it gets very dramatic and like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And then it just fades off as yes, it I fades almost, to black. I, I was like, that. is that the one where it says uh, the ghost that haunts us? Is that yeah, that soundtrack? Haunt, on the thing? Yeah, yeah, the ghost that haunts we us. Haunt yeah, or, or we haunt ourselves. We haunt yeah. ourselves. Yeah. yeah, I listened to that and I almost picked that and yeah. I'm like, I don't know where that happens. Like, the other one yeah. I could identify right where mm-hmm. it happened. But I wasn't sure because there were so many times where mm-hmm, right. but I should have figured it was when she had that voiceover. Yeah. I should have realized that. Um, but there were so many times where she yeah. was being haunted. Right. I wasn't sure where I played. Mm-hmm. But this one I could identify like, oh, that's when he was being rushed down the yeah. river. I recognized right. yeah. that music. Um, so that's kind of why I said, you know, memorable right. music yeah. moment or whatever. Yeah. So lots of bears. Bear's always fantastic. So I'll tell you what, this was a great soundtrack. It was. Yeah, it really was. And you know, it made me so happy that we got the release of the soundtrack before the season. Normally we don't get it till after the season start or after the season airs. And we got it before the season came out this time. So that was interesting. Can I ask you something totally off? Sure. Off, uh, what do you think they're going to do for the opening credits for season seven i know we're gonna have oh boy spoiler alert check out you know uh chelsea and angela are gonna be doing a let's get ready for season seven we talk about this then too but in december you know so we're uh any thought though on what they might do for music i keep waiting for some sort of drums to come back into it with the drums and fife kind of theme going on that would make sense you know it's we're we're smack dab in the middle of the revolution yes (laughs) with the lexington and conquer just happened yes right so we just sparked it it just sparked yeah so Um, i i want i'm tempted to throw that in there but i just mm -hmm. i think they keep getting further and further away from that with all of these Mm -hmm. different renditions so um, well, they're going to have to turn back into the revolution and have yeah. things be like revolutionary sound because we do start mm-hmm. the revolution. Yeah. You know, I mean, if they um, want to keep up with the themes of the seasons, they're going to have to get back into that at some point, I think. But mm-hmm. Bear seems very excited by whatever they yes. have cooking. Yeah. So, I've seen um, him cooking and being all like, wait, do you see what we're I'm like, but he stop says that being a tease, man. I just. I <laughs> If I can't know, I would just assume not have you poke fun at me, please. Yes. <laughs> I think that tease, uh, the worst tease is like, uh, you know, Matt. Matt's a teaser too, from yeah, way back, for sure. Uh, so biggest scene stealer. Yeah. You go first. Who do you have? I'll go um, Jessica Reynolds as Malva. Ah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was amazing. Like, she's so good. And, you know, yeah. I can't help but missed opportunity with using her as a younger Jenny because uh, she looks like Laura Donnelly. <laughs> she really does. But um, she really does. Yeah. I have a Diana seat that I wanted yeah. to share. If, if, nope, go for if it. You go ahead and talk about you talk yeah. about whatever, why you she, picked her and all that stuff. She is compelling That's to watch. She just draws the eye and there are so many little moments in this season where you're just like man she is so creepy like so like she had that down pat 
Um, I loved the scene where Tom tries to take off his belt and like hit her, and she just just she does a little smirk. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm just like, she's a little unhinged, and I love it. I'm here for it. So yeah, she she got that character really well. I think she was amazing. So this I have a Diana Deet for anybody that doesn't know me. That's when I t- get things the quotes from Diana about different things. And this is on Malva. This was in re- regard to the Ian, her and Ian mm-hmm. scene, but it really applies in general to how she saw the character and how Malva mm-hmm. played her. I mean, how Malva played her, how Jessica played her, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is what Diana said. She said, "Well, Malva is a person." who's recognized her power early and has no hesitation in using it, Gabaldon says. The fact that her father also recognizes it and is both horrified and enraged about it results naturally in the conflict we are all so fond of. Mm -hmm. That also reveals a couple other things about Malva. She probably resents her lowly place in the family and society and she's clever enough to seize an opportunity to get out of it, i.e. becoming Claire's apprentice. And she likes danger and doesn't hesitate to court it. So that's what she says about her mm-hmm. in the mental state of her. So I just thought I'd share. Yeah, she have a little bit of something in here. It's awesome. I I that was one. Honestly, all the Christie's you like almost we... wish she could have lasted more than a season, know. you know. Well, and we've because we've talked a little bit and in this episode about misses on casting and like how they didn't quite nail a couple of, of roles, but the Christie's were phenomenal casting. Fun. Yes. So great. Yeah. And that's why I, I teetered back and forth because I loved, I loved Mark Lewis Jones and I, I loved between them too. Alexander Vlahas. So I was just, but I really, there's something just about Jessica and how whenever she's in a scene, she just draws your eye. Like you constantly are like, what's she up to? What's she doing? So I felt like as far mm-hmm. as the scene stealer goes, that was as good as you can get. Hillary, yes, I do believe we are going to get flashbacks with Malva. Yeah. First of all, I know she said she filmed. Mm-hmm. Okay. And also, I know what they need to show. Yes. So I'm thinking that you will, you know, mm-hmm. see some flashbacks of maybe the, the murder maybe scenes leading up to the murder. murder yep yeah because i've seen pictures of all of them together in scotland and i know that they don't live there none of them live there so that's why i'm like they've got to all be together filming that's kind of just deductive reasoning on my part i suppose mm-hmm. let's see um most romantic oh gosh, we're almost done here we are that's possible but we've been going for Holy almost smith. two hours most romantic moment what you got so I have two scenes for Jamie Claire and two for Roger and Bree. Is that okay? Uh, I'll go I'll pick first. one. I'll go first then. Cause I have one of each. <laughs> okay. Um, go ahead. So the 608 sex scene between Jamie and Claire was yeah. my top. That's, the, that's also the last supper. I put that down. It's all the same thing, right? That kind of whole last night together before they go. I mean, take in and it's, I don't know. I consider it two different things because the last supper is before the standoff with the Fisher folk. I don't know. I think that 608 sex scene, they know that this is their last night, like in their home. I, there was something about how it was shot 
And yes, it was. I kind of lumped it all together. Their last night in yeah. their home type of thing. But that's. Um, but I wouldn't count them both. But that's that's good. So at least yeah. we were kind of different. right. But I I agree with you. That's what I meant. Right. <laughs> the whole, the yeah. whole thing. The whole last night at their house. That the sex scene though just. I talked a lot about the visual language of that scene in my 608 episode because there are very, there's very deliberate placement of how they touch each other and what the camera shows and just what that says about the characters and their state of mind. It's very, it's so, it's so beautiful. So it was beautiful. Um, it was that, that was my, my number one, I guess. And then mm-hmm. the, my Roger and Brie was my honorable mention. So if you want to talk about your Jamie and Claire scenes. So I had last supper and sex mm-hmm. of, of Jamie and Claire. And I said, um, and the faithful scene. Oh yeah. That's in the, in the born. Yeah. So I had those for Jamie and Claire. Do you want me to go first for Roger and Brie? Sure. Good for it. Okay. I'm really torn because these are pretty much 1A, 1B. <laughs> um, so I will say the 10th scene also in the finale. Yep. I thought both of the sex scenes in the finale were great. Yeah, I did too. And I love me getting some Kiki Roger. <laughs> Bring on the Kiki Roger anytime. Um, I thought you'd and... find speed erotic. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you know, some people got really like, it I it know. It I'm like, what is wrong with you? You know? My brother, you, my brother and sister. Yeah, their kids playing with that toy. I'm like, oh, give me a break yeah. with this, you know? Yeah. My brother and sister. <laughs> Maybe they like make it. their own broom that the kid doesn't touch. What there about that? Yeah. Maybe they have their own toy broom for a kinky for play. Um, and the my other one was oh, you want to say your? You can go for was it. That you were go for it. Uh, the Prego reveal yep. for Roger and Bray. That was mine. Is that yours? Yep. Okay. Yeah. That that was the two that I love for them. The pregnancy reveal was oh, it was so good. It was, was so, so sweet. sweet. <laughs> and his reaction I'm was so like, happy. Oh, yeah. Really? It was a little bit of Christmas, you know. <laughs> um. I mean, given the the juxtaposition of the reveal of this pregnancy versus the reveal of when she was pregnant with Jimmy, like, A, how far this couple has come, and B, the emotions behind, like, the joy behind this pregnancy versus the complete and utter despair of the first pregnancy is just, like, wow. yeah. And I love that. I love that it was the scene between the two of them where it's so it's so sweet i loved it but honestly another roger and brie scene that i really liked was when he not the first half of the scene but i guess the second half was when he tells her that he wants to be a minister and that was a really good scene between them as well that whenever he's like whatever i'm called to i promise you like i was called to be your husband and a father first and I love that moment for Roger as a character. I was just like, oh, we need scenes like this where people can yes. see how amazing he is. Like, yes. Yeah. And Patty on the board um, said something that I also like this like scene of, she said, I love the scene in front of the fireplace with her resting on his lap and Jamie holding the gun to protect her. Yeah. That was a great shot. That I agree. Was, that was good. Yeah. Judy Kate says, I agree about the sex scene between Jamie and Claire in the finale. It was so beautiful and how it built up and every movement was beautifully choreographed. So many fantastically romantic moments per usual with Outlander. 
it was hard to it was hard for me to pick honestly it was there were a lot of good ones do we, we want to do we want to save best and worst episode for last or do we want to do it now what it, we have best and worst episode and then we have what iconic moment favorite new character and do we are we doing an iconic moment that wasn't on my list i did, I did it <laughs> i think it was on our list <laughs> so I, maybe you'll have the old list that was where i put the accusation scene oh gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> and the faithful scene after and i said perfectly directed shot lit and acted yeah um and i dug out uh what i had said about the adaptation of that scene i was going to say but if we're not doing that whole thing then i won't yeah i think that i mean we can talk about it the are you when you say the faithful scene is that the one after the accusation or the one before the accusation after the accusation okay in the stables yeah that was a very iconic scene i would say yeah probably i agree it was probably the most iconic scene of the season um so i i dug out my notes of that scene um when i did my thing on it and i said um they absolutely nailed it couldn't have done better job with that accusation scene and you could tell the attention they put on the scene because it's a very important pivot to the whole mm-hmm. season. And you can also tell because they released a special piece about the scene yeah. and how they filmed it, what they did and how much they knew how important the scene was. And each time you're just very riveted whenever you watch that scene. J- Jamie Payne came in to direct that scene when it wasn't even his episode, yeah. you know, like that, like that you can tell, like they were like, we got to get this perfect, you know, mm-hmm. um, and. And they talked about how they use bodies as blocking devices. And it's really amazing to watch because each performance is such a study. You could look mm-hmm. at that scene four times yep. and focus on different people in that scene, five times, I guess, mm-hmm. and focus on different performances in that scene. And they're all excellent. Yep. You know, each one is having a different journey yeah. through that scene. Like you can almost read the minds of almost everybody in that room. And their whole tracking of how they're processing what's happening or how they're delivering what's happening. Yeah. It was it was really incredible. Reynolds did a great job channeling Melba. And then when you see when Claire leaves, it's almost like when she leaves, it's almost like that's when you kind of feel like that she was she lets go. Like she goes full force because now that was like maybe the little thing holding her back because she felt bad hurting Claire. Yep. And like once Claire w- smacks her in the face and walks out, she's just like Okay, now I can kind of roll with it. And she goes like hog wild, you know, and with the tears and with the whole thing, you know. Yeah. She's like all in after Claire Mm -hmm. leaves. It's just, oh my God. She has that, she gets that look of triumph on her face when she throws down about the scars. She was just so good. I can't wait for season seven to come out so I can talk about this in more detail. Yes, because <laughs> there's yes. so much subtext. And then Alan getting episode. up in Jamie's face, and he's Jamie's just going like, "You don't want to try me, boy, right now." Oh, and it's <laughs> Get so back, hilarious. little man. It's so hilarious. It's like <laughs> Sam is freaking huge, and the Alex is not, and so. <laughs> <laughs> What are you gonna do? Seriously, <laughs> like he just looks down at him like a nuisance. Like, don't you seriously give me a reason to kick your ass? Seriously, <laughs> he's terrific. Sam is terrific in that scene. He, he like shows the shock, the fury, yes. the confusion, the fear. You know, uh-huh. um, and I love when he says to Tom, "Get out, take your daughter, and leave my house." <laughs> the gaslighting. Get the hell out! Don't let the door hit you in the ass. 
I watched an I watched an interview with Sam and he was talking about how like just for a minute Jamie wonders if he was that drunk like because right it's just like just yeah it's crazy like so crazy and then obviously he's like no I was never when she knows about the scars yeah you know right he's like how the f does she know that because (laughs) she's a peeping tom that's why yeah (laughs) goodness gracious yes so yeah that was my that was my iconic scene Mm -hmm. i i I, know we weren't doing it for so why did i have it on here if we i think we did it last last time. time yeah okay but then we added two others so okay um so we have i have you said favorite new character and cringeworthy moment yep my favorite new character was tom that's what mine was (laughs) i had to divvy it out yeah i need her yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so i I said tom and malva are nearly a tie but if i was forced to pick one of the two it would be mark lewis jones as tom christie in the words of Mona Lisa Vito from my cousin Vinny. He was dead on balls accurate. <laughs> he <laughs> and was. an industry term. He was uh, so good. He brings so he much depth to that character. I think Tom Christie is a character where they could have very easily gotten it wrong. And I think they nailed it with Mark Lewis Jones because he sees the depth to Tom that a lot of people would not. They would overlook that. Right. And so that is key to understanding him throughout this season and beyond. And he really showed the arc. He I did. Mean, I, you yep. really kind of saw him progress and him. Like, I, I love the scene when he first came to the ridge, the tense moment when Jamie sees him and realized <laughs> Roger realizes he's mm-hmm. screwed up all the way through the, the thing with the, uh, the hand and him fainting through mm-hmm. the blood and the being ashamed that he fainted through the blood and, yeah, it's just the whole thing. And then eventually, like how he builds this bond with Claire. So I'm I'm going to not put this one, but I do have two others to share yeah. on him, mm-hmm. if, you, if that's OK. Go for it. So she this is a couple things. So first thing that Diana said was when she saw for Mark's first full scene as Tom in the dailies, I went and found him on Twitter and sent him a DM saying, congratulations, you've got that man cold. And he really does. You can see Tom's conflicts as clearly as if they were printed on his T-shirt. And yet you never, ever have the feeling that it's acting. Yeah. So that's what she said about him. And then someone commented to her about his unexpected reaction to Jamie's wife and passing out from the sight of the Mm -hmm. blood. And she said, it's probably the first time that he's ever felt himself to be vulnerable with a woman. He didn't have a choice about that and was unnerved when it happened. She says, but she's not only healing him, he fainted in her presence with which unsettles him terribly. And then, of course, Jamie is right there being all strong and manly mm-hmm. and owning something else precious that Tom has never had or expected to have. Yeah. So that's what she kind of said on that whole dynamic. But there was another one, but I won't say it. <laughs> it's, I, wanted to share. I, I go back and forth because, like I said, I think it's obvious, especially in the finale, but I also know where the story goes. So I'm trying to be respectful of, and I don't want to like, if people know, but I, I don't know. So I'm kind of okay, just, well, yeah. Okay, well. Because I'm dying to talk about okay. it. And trust me. I've yeah, tried so hard. Me too. <laughs> um, we could talk about it in our season seven thing. Well, at least we're, we're like on the same part. So we don't have as, we, we kind of are on the same page on these. Yes. See, we didn't practice these ahead of time. No, we don't. <laughs> it's completely Now, unscripted. what did you mean by cringeworthy moment? 
I wasn't sure if cringeworthy meant like gross. No, or cringy, cringe, or because they did a bad job. They did a bad know, job. Like, where you're uh, just like, oh, that's that's terrible. <laughs> uh, bad writing. Okay, because if it yeah. was gross or freaky, that was Malva cutting the finger. Oh yeah, that, I would say that was cringeworthy. <laughs> yeah, that was so freaky. Her face. Yeah. In that scene where she's like, <laughs> like she's almost getting off, you know, cutting this finger. Like, I can't believe I'm doing this. You know, I didn't even <laughs> see that until I listened to Mary and Blake's episode on it. And now I can't unsee it. Like, oh, God. Because I just so... took it as she was just d- grossed out and trying to breathe through her mouth. <laughs> like, but that was kind of getting a little bit yeah. of a, a high on it, yeah. you know, or something. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, this is so weird. And my husband's this like, is why weird. is she doing that? <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> is she gonna like do kinky things with a dead guy's face? I do not need to go there. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> well, we don't know what she's doing with this. Yeah, you have no idea. Right. Well, you know, when when you have that episode, and you're like, what is she doing? Is this like, what is she doing? You know, with this thing? Why is she acting like she's getting sexual pleasure out of it or something? You know, it was very weird. I thought it was so that the, was cringeworthy. I thought it but was it wasn't the in your terms. Same episode that we find the charm by the river. Yeah, I thought uh, it was at the end of that episode. So we know we're like, oh, it's her. I thought we. Had, oh. I think it. I think it was. I think they did it out of or. Well, we didn't see ever see that in the books. We we never saw it in the book. Yeah. I actually wish they hadn't had done that because no, it I gave know. away. It gave much. away a lot. Yeah, they gave away a lot. Yeah. you know, in this season because you are so shocked. Mm-hmm. With all these things in the book, honestly, we yeah, read just... it. You're so shocked. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um my... but let me see. I said the weird bugs, they were like to me a cringeworthy, yeah. They were cringeworthy performances mm-hmm. in this in this season. Um, they overcompensated for being so lackluster before. Right. And then the couple things that they said and did in the in in this season, you know, all of a sudden they're trying to make you know, Archbug looked tough and like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> when he never said any words and he was kind of just bumbling along before. Right, yeah. Um, and Mrs. Bug just like, they didn't even get Mrs. Bug right because she's actually quite, I mean, she's a little bit of a busybody, but she's also kind of like a little bit lovable too, taking care, loving Jamie, putting yeah. him on a pedestal, you know, yeah. and doing all these other things and making all the great food and, yeah. you know. They kind of like just make her now look like, why, are you, why, you know, if she's this bad and miserable and meanie, why are you having her in your house and being your, like, well, I wouldn't even have her if she was a I bitch. Know. That's you what, know? That, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, the bugs are conflicting because I feel like the version of Mrs. Bug that we got this season was closer to the version of Mrs. Bug that we got, like, that we get in the books, but it's still way far away from where they should be so um it's not balanced i feel like it just that's what it is it's not balanced so it's Mm -hmm. just don't even try like you didn't make the effort when you should have so just leave it at that but i can't if you you know when you know everything that's going on so right exactly my most cringeworthy moment well i guess i'll do my honorable mention first was the conversation where Lizzie and Claire are talking and Claire says Hiram Crombie would stone you for fornication. And she's like, well, 
why? I mean, it, it, we're not hurting anybody and it's nobody's business but ours. <laughs> what episode like, are we watching right now? <laughs> it's literally fucking called Sticks and Stones and you're going to throw that one out there? Right. And, and you know, like, I am right now wanted for murder. Like, we really don't need this right now. <laughs> Like, honestly, your timing sucks, Lizzie. Like, I'm right now, like, be threatened and thought of as a murderess. For and we got enough issues. For something We're on I the tabloids already. Yeah, it's like for something <laughs> that she didn't do and was nobody's business. And yet right. everybody's making it their business. And Lizzie's going to point blank look at Claire with her big wide eyes and go, but we're not hurting anybody and it's nobody's business but ours. <laughs> I'm like, that was, yeah. I was like, what are we doing? That was cringeworthy. And then my big one. That's why it's my last least favorite yeah. character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, my big one is anytime throughout the season, Bree says to Roger, but you're not the minister. <laughs> oh my God. I knew you were going to go there. I hated that. I was I like, hated that. I just want to like choke the life out of her. I'm just like, just one time, bad writing. One That's time, bad writing. It's not her. No, right. But I'm just like, one time I could be like, okay, fine. By the third or fourth time, I was like, yeah, we fucking get it. He's not the minister. Do you have any other words? <laughs> like, I'm so mad. I was like, oh my Lord. It was really bad writing. Very bad. It was bad, really bad you know? writing. They must sometimes they really insult the intelligence of their. I mean, yeah. maybe they maybe you know we think that way because we've read the books and no. we think that way. But but they, it seems like they really dumb stuff down for people and almost to the point that they give everything away. Outlander like, is. I mean, the things, the results of everything that's that's happened at the end of season mm-hmm. six. You know, yep. that's gonna we're gonna see in season. Almost everybody that I know that hasn't read the books mm-hmm. can figure out yeah. the things that's going right. on. You know what I mean? And, and guess it. And you didn't do that in the book. Right. Like in the books, you were really shocked with a lot of these turns, you know? Yeah. Um, they don't, you know, this whole giving everything away, it gets on my nerves because they're killing yeah. all of the turns and surprises yeah. and twists and stuff, you know? Outlander is a very <laughs> intelligent audience. And I mean, I don't think that I'm saying that as being biased, but there are, what there aren't a lot of fandoms out there where you can have legitimate intelligent discussion about symbolism character arc cinematography we know what we're talking about <laughs> and like we know what we're seeing so i i hate feeling like i'm being spoon-fed and i get it like some people might not put it together and that's fine but you can't dumb down a show for the minority in my opinion mm-hmm. and i know that's probably a hot take for some but yeah, don't don't dumb it down for the few. You're jeopardizing the integrity of the show whenever you do that, I feel like. Hillary, he's actually missing two fingers, Mr. Bug, in the in the books. On the show he's not. Yep. But in the books he is because they took off it actually the Frasers took off his fingers from an old raid that happened that actually should be seen in the prequel. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's during that time period. It should. Um, but they didn't actually happen in the it didn't happen in the in this show so they probably yeah. won't show it in the, in right. the show prequel but yeah. it probably will show up in the book prequel yeah. you know for sure uh, <clears throat> last topic okay so and i have a best and then a runner-up because honestly i, I gave these two episodes these two episodes one 
gave a very rare five for me out of a scale of one to five, a very rare five. I don't give them out very often at all. And the other one was a 6.95, I mean, five, 4.95. So like literally they're like this, you know, so they were like the two best up for me. So I yeah. couldn't really pick between them. So for my worst, and really, like I said, this isn't my worst or my, you know, like this isn't bad episodes either. I had two mm-hmm. things down that I put down as my lower episodes. The one that I, like when I looked at my, what I ranked, like my ratings that I gave, my mm-hmm. lowest rating, I think it was a tie, but I think actually 604 might have been a smidge lower. So 604 is like here, 607 is like here. And they're really, they, they're, and it's not like they were bad. Like mm-hmm. I said, I liked all the episodes. And both of those episodes had great aspects in them, mm-hmm. but I didn't like the duel and the scotchy ridiculousness in 604. That like killed the episode for me. And the cutaways to what was happening at Fraser's Ridge, which was completely incongruent to what was happening. Like there was no things that threaded them together mm-hmm. as an episode. And 607, I, that like uh, we already talked about yeah. that, what I didn't like. So I actually might put 604 first. So that mm-hmm. would be my answer for this. But I really liked it. I love the mm-hmm. story. I like, you know, seeing it. But it was like you said, a couple wonky things. Yeah. In there, you know, about like the long house and the different things. I, they had a lot of great symbolism in that mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, um, they did. You know, yeah. and you know, I love that stuff. So there was a lot of great things, but I didn't like what was happening at Fraser's Ridge. I didn't like how they butchered Scotchy because he's a real historical figure, and I didn't like that. Oh, I talked. I didn't about like that the duel, which ad nausea. Huh? I talked about that ad nausea. <laughs> in my yep. Did you? Yes, I did. And uh, and then the duel was just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. I just, the whole thing was just, I, I didn't like that whole aspect of it, but I liked the story of Ian. Mm-hmm. I liked his connection with it, with Jamie. Like right. I liked that whole part of it. Yeah. But the other stuff is what I did, what like, brought it down. Mm-hmm. I and concur. 604. Oh, really? Yep. I had no idea. I actually, that's, if I had to vote on a clunker episode for this season, it would be 604. Really? Yeah. Stuff the stuff with Ian didn't win you over at nope. all, like the nope. that part of the story. Nope. And I oh. love Ian, and I was really looking forward to this episode. And I, I don't know, but it's the one episode that I had to force myself to Would watch. Would you have liked it better re-watch. if it was like the book where it was with him and Bree? Would that no. have made it better for you? No, because I think what <laughs> what like saved it for me was drawing the connections between Ian and Jamie. And mm-hmm. I really like that interaction. The interactions between Jamie and Ian you like were really good. You like being Faith watching out for her yes. instead of being. Yes. Yeah, that right. made more sense to me, honestly. I mean, mm-hmm. I liked how it was in the books, but it really made a lot of sense for me to draw that parallel between Jamie and Ian. Um, and to see them kind of reaffirm that relationship that has kind of been lacking since Ian returned from being with the and Mohawk. showing Faith yes. and showing I mean, faith like spirituality, yeah, right. you know what yeah. I mean? They are so bad. And they, they seem like that's another thing. The humor, the faith, like certain things mm-hmm. they're coming around about that yeah. people have been saying, mm-hmm. this is a big missing missing beat in this show. Yeah. Missing the faith, missing the humor, mm-hmm. missing Jamie actually having a thought in his own head and not needing Claire to like guide him right. around and, you know, spoon feed him stuff. So all of those things seem to be getting yeah. corrected, yeah. you know, I in the late, these last two seasons. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, 604 for me just had too many misses and not enough hits, I think. So, yeah, that was my worst. I didn't even have an honorable mention for worst because Mm -hmm. it was like Hour of the Wolf. And then I'm like, everything else was pretty even. 
for me. But mm-hmm. yeah, that mm-hmm. was that was the one that I I don't like even to rewatch when I'm watching season six. I'm like, mm, nope. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was it, it was not great. What not was your job. what was your you, oh six oh seven? You said was your other one? What it, not in that case said only because the, again it had incongruent things mm-hmm. in it. It had stuff that was given time that really should have been given time in that episode. You know, I felt like oh my god, this is like the second to the last episode, and we're spending all this time yeah. on this. You know, yeah. Um, so I kind of like got annoyed with that. Should we do the biggie? Let's do the biggie. biggie. I think one we agree on and one in our honorable mentions are probably going to be like, you're going to look at me and go, really? (laughs) I'm guessing it's 607 since you like gave me eyeballs that I picked that. I didn't like that as much as you. I knew you didn't. I knew you didn't care for 607. So anyway okay so we're doing and the thing is that's unusual because diana liked it usually if she likes something i i like yeah. it you know but she liked it as a pair right like she yeah. liked them as a pair they do fit um, well. so yeah. Go for my it. close runner up i'll do that one first okay. is 603 temperance for the in-depth character work yep. on the secondary characters and relationships i felt like it gave us the most accurate picture of roger that we had gotten so far as a hero i loved getting that it was very deeply emotive it was the closest in adaptation to the book as far as like i felt like i was watching the book Mm -hmm. in that episode everything was like almost pulled right from the pages Mm -hmm. which of course makes me happy as hell right and i just loved seeing i thought ferg i thought um cesar was spectacular in every scene even the scene where he did nothing but lean against the wall and look pathetic you know, listening to what's happening. And all he said was to Jermaine, you think this is true about your brother? And that's all he said. And he said it with such a tragic, like A2 Brutus yeah. like, type of thing. Like, even you, my own son, if like, and then you almost can read in his mind, like, if I can't depend on my own son, his brother, who else is going to look out for this kid when we're gone? You yep. know, like you could see that just weighing again on top of him. Well, even in that, just that little scene, yeah. he was so good. And then all the rest of the scenes, the way yeah. he was with the old lady that was miserable, you know, and, and he says, I'll be so hideous. And, mm-hmm. you know, the fight he had with with um that fight scene with with Marsley, which was I oh. thought fantastic. The scene with Claire, which was fantastic. The scene with Jamie, I, every scene he was in, I thought he was fantastic. And it was just a great character episode for the secondary character. So that was awesome. I loved it. That was the one I gave 4.95 to. You know, the scene where they're fighting was the scene that they were talking about at Outlandish Vancouver when Lauren said, I need you to yell at me because she wasn't getting enough out of that scene because he was playing it very closed yes. off. And when he yells yeah. at her and says, I don't need a woman to protect me. Oh my God. Yeah. It was so raw. Yeah. You know, it really felt like you were in this argument yep. with them. And he looks so, like, you believed it. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, it was just so well acted. And it wasn't like the star thing. I know. Like, it wasn't like the Christie's. And it wasn't, you know, Jamie Claire's like, in the in the forefront. Even Jamie with Jermaine in that episode. Like, everything was so good. Yeah. You know? Like, every single thing was good. And there wasn't any bad spots nope. in that episode for me. Hardly. Right. So, for me, I love that scene. I love that episode. It was like almost tie one A, one B for me. Yeah. For my grades. My honorable mention, and this is more just because I'm me than because there was everything spectacular. <laughs> I loved 605. Give me liberty. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I love that too. Except I didn't like the the, the 
the cinematographic cinematographic choices. Um, oh, really? But I, I like the actual. No, I didn't like the the whole Prince shop. That whole thing. I, yeah, that kind of turned I mean, me off. I didn't have as much of a strong reaction to that scene as a lot of people did. I don't know. I think and I, I went them... into it with an expectation. Yeah, that's what it was. It, it was so bad compared to the book. Right. Yeah. I think somebody maybe that doesn't know that, although I have heard show people yeah. say, like he was what? fighting him with a broom and da, right, da, 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 da. right, right. But but I I, I expected the visual thing mm-hmm. and the and the arguments between the, the yeah. people. And then they even had they even had the red coats come in to break up. Like yeah. what are we doing here with the red coats but breaking I think this up? It it's because of where that episode goes that it was important mm-hmm. for Jamie to appear to be taking sides. In the opposite manner. So we didn't have the book scene with Major McDonald's taking a poo in the bushes <laughs> where they Jamie declares himself for liberty. liberty in that yeah. scene. Um, so we had to kind of still get that vibe, I guess, of there being confusion. On I love that episode. Each, I thought it was great. Yeah. Each side saying, oh, but he's not on our side, like, or, oh, he's on their side. There had to be that confusion and tension. I feel like given the COVID restrictions, because I think, was this, no, this scene was, or this episode was shot later on. They couldn't have big crowd scene. Like, I think they did the crowd as well as they could for not being able to have a big group together. They had that great cold open with Bonnie Prince Charlie. Yeah. There was a lot of big, there was a lot of big scenes and. I see what you're yeah. saying, like the sets and all that stuff. That part was great. Yeah. I think I meant like the part yeah. and like having Wilmington little a green screen of Wilmington in the distance. Yeah. Um, that was so weak. Look, it was kind of like that kind of stuff bugged me. Yeah. But it wasn't like bad. I didn't yeah. have it as a bad episode mm-hmm. at all, you know. And I love yeah. the Lord John oh, in it. I recall all the Lord John. He makes that episode. Yes. And honestly, he, did. he made the episode. And every one of his scenes were great. Like yes. every scene that he was in. Not only were they, was he great, but they mattered. You know, it wasn't fluff BS that, yep. you know, you've seen him given in the past, you know, like just kind of there as like a token. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know, like a token that's, scene. That's felt like thing. it had impact. I, I love Lord John and I think David Barry does a phenomenal job. And I told him as much <laughs> when I met him in January, but it's one of those things where season five, you could tell he wasn't supposed to be there i felt like they overshot the mark in season five with his appearances a lot well you know what they did they cut the stuff that they was cut good the stuff that he was in yep and so when don't we even get, get me started on that well <laughs> when we get to season six every single he was only in one episode and every single scene that you got was key to your understanding of him moving forward and Absolutely. that's what's important. Like I co-sign that 100%. Yeah. So, you know, and also really set up almost all the different connectivity, mm-hmm. you know, between the thing with William, with the, the thing with, you know, feeling like, you know, him and Jamie are yep. on the opposite sides and that, that Jamie could die. And you've seen his tragic reaction yes. to that. You know, all of these things are seeding foundation for things. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of... Um, I, I really appreciated what yeah. they did. And that was all invented. Yeah. Because it was all done through letters in the book. Mm-hmm. You know, the same vibe and intention. Mm-hmm. You know, him talking about, you know, William in the letters. You know, him expressing, what the hell are you doing? 
You know, I'm urging you to get away from doing this. You know, I've seen your name on lists. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It was like, um, I've been given this list of names and you're on it. What the hell are you doing? Yeah, that was yeah. all. And I love him talking to the governor yep. and Jamie. Like even that scene was great, you know, mm-hmm. in the beginning where Lord John is sitting there going, trying to like not react, but, but he's sitting there like he's freaking just, out He's just sitting there going, "Oh my god, um, Jamie. No, yes, uh, no, I know him. He's you know, <laughs> he's on the up and up. Okay, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's just a you know misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah." <laughs> And inside, he's like, I'm going to epic kill him. Right. It's like, I just watching. I think one thing that I love about John, and I'm honestly really looking forward to the day that we do a character analysis on him, Mm. is he's got such a sense of honor, but his sense of honor is not necessarily following the rules. It's his own code. And like personal honor, yes, yes, and so he. Of course, is... that's because of his sexuality. Oh, he yeah. lives every day right. as an outlaw, right? Really, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So you know, every day he's living and living as he lives, mm-hmm. he's committing a crime. So right, like, he is man's laws are not his right. Laws. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So he goes by his own code. So but his just, code is real. I just love that he he bends the rules for those that he loves. And is willing to do what he needs to do to protect them. And I, there's something so amazing about that. I, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I love about John. I, so. I love John. You yeah. know, I love my John. Oh, yeah. I love all my Outlander men. Oh, yes. They all have their Big own. Hot with all my Outlander men. <laughs> oh, I know. I was so jealous. I was like, mm. okay. Um, she writes very good. She writes oh, yeah. very good characters. Mm-hmm. Best episode. Okay, so my I bet we can my best episode. We can go six oh eight. Oh yeah. Huh? That's why I was like, we can go three, two, one. <laughs> six oh eight. Six oh eight <laughs> was my best. I said, and I gave this a five on my rating, mm-hmm. and I don't do that easily. No, it's only um, ten I gave all season on mine. Really? And I thought you didn't like it. No, I loved I it. I thought you said earlier that eh, it was, you know, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I'm glad. I was thinking oh. you were gonna be like, well, it's okay. Nope. I thought it was great. And um, I said, overall, it had precision in, in its um, in all of the different, you know, execution of their scenes and the special effects and the shootout and all of the different things. It had great direction. It had great special effects, the acting, the cinematography, like on the beach and on, mm-hmm. on the big sweeping spots. And it really puts you on the edge of your seat in moments yep. where you were like freaking out in that, yep. in that shootout. It was intense, yep. you know. The beach rescue was stellar. The shot through the hand, all for it's like the angles. And it was at the same time beautiful. It had like a lot of rich beauty in that scene. Mm-hmm. But I did want to talk about something to the people that say it wasn't finale-like. Can you, can you give me just a minute and Go let me say it. this? Yep. Okay. So one of the things that you look for in a, in a finale, okay, is to show like the through lines, to show the bookends, right? There were a lot of bookends that end up yep. working out as bookends to the first episode in the last episode. Um, and so I have right here, one, two, three, four, five, six, there is the Cherokee, okay, where Jamie asks in episode one, who were they going to fight with? He was trying to figure out, you know, who, who are they going to fight with? Who are they going to back? And then in the end, you see Chief Bird say, I said, I would fight with you, fair killer. That kind of like is an arching loop there. Second, we opened with Jamie in prison. 
with Tom there in prison with him. We close with Claire in prison, with Tom also there at the prison with him with them. We also see with Tom him stand up for them, whereas in the beginning, um, he kind of like backed off getting mm-hmm. involved and said, you know, I'm not going to be involved with this. And yet he does in the end. And then also Jamie says about talking about, you know, um, you know, in episode one about, you know, he would he was like a stubborn a stubborn man, you know, because he was stayed with all these Highland, you know, people that only spoke Gaelic and stuff, but he refused to speak it and lower himself and all this kind of stuff. And he said, but I suppose a man stubborn enough to speak English to Highland men is a man stubborn enough to fight beside me if it comes to it. And in a way, at the end, that's exactly what he does. You know, he stands by them. So you have that loop. You have Tom in the very first episode saying, this is injustice you know, to Jamie. And at the end, when they were stoned, yells, this isn't justice, you know. Um, So there's that. Richard Brown only appears in the first episode and the last episode saying we're representing the law. We're the committee of safety. We're seeking justice, you know, in Mm -hmm. almost like the same way. Roger and Bree, they open and see episode one talking about the Boston Tea Party and how it just happened and the impact of it and how that's going to now start the ball rolling toward everything. Mm-hmm. And then in the end, the last episode, we'd end with them talking about Lexington and Concord yes. just happened and how that impact on, on America's future. So you kind of have that tie together there. And you have the Fisher folk. We open with the Fisher folk in episode one and their little silent prayer with Christy showing what good pious men and women can do. And in the last episode, we have this <laughs> angry mob throwing rocks and Friggin' all this type of shit, you know? So you see that whole, like, almost complete arc with them. So there was a quite a bit of really nice arcs between mm-hmm. episode one and episode 608. So to those of you that say it wasn't a good finale and it didn't have all the earmarks of a finale, it had bookends, it had excitement, it had drama, it had special effects, it had big scenes. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> That's what yep. I say. It yep. was great. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, this so, is uh, the only 10 I gave all season in my knee-jerk reactions. I thought it was really good. I thought that even when you just look at the way that it's shot, not just, uh, like, it literally, it has everything. Like, it has close-ups. It has these big, wide, expansive shots. It had it's emotional, character-driven with lots yeah. of plot movement. Yeah, like you said, special effects, action sequences, literally everything like Jamie you and love. Claire against the world, which everybody loves. Everything you know? everybody loves about Outlander, this episode has it. So I don't know how anybody could pick a different episode as their favorite episode. And honestly, <laughs> season six. You know, considering that it wasn't the planned finale, mm-hmm. I thought it was a great yeah. choice. Yeah. If they had to shorten it to a spot, that was a great mm-hmm. choice to shorten it to. Like that was a yep. really it had a lot of things, components mm-hmm. that you would think of in a finale, right. you know, like these big moments and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. So, I, you know, I just wanted to give it, give it its, give it its defense. Yeah, no, for <laughs> you sure. Know, for the for the naysayers out there listening to your podcast, <laughs> they'll all hate me now. That'll be will come and look at my page or anything <laughs> if they all think. Uh, but that's okay. I have to speak my piece. <laughs> you know, it was funny because I was listening to the official podcast. I didn't listen to him when the season came out. I just listened to them right. 
as I was. There's two I haven't listened to yet because one, it wasn't available for a long time. We thought they just didn't make one. And then I I didn't listen to the last one, I don't think. Yeah, I listened to them before I recorded each episode, my take on each Mm -hmm. episode. And Luke Skelhoff made a comment about how he was taking the temperature of the fandom before season six came out. And like looking through social media and stuff like that. And he made a comment that I swear to you, we talked about in one of our season six episodes. <laughs> so really? I'm not saying we that, talked about. Yes. In one of our season six, like what we were looking forward to or what we thought like. Oh, in one of our prep episodes for season six. I see. I see. Yeah. Oh, so maybe he listened to it on the podcast. That's what I'm like. I don't know, but it was That's definitely exciting. something we talked about. What did he say? I can't remember what it was now. And you would think that I would remember, but yeah, um, your big claim to fame. I would have. You to, might have had an influence. I mean, I think they were already done filming, but it was just interesting because. Yeah, they were talking about how they actually do every once in a while, just nose around and see what everybody's saying. So I don't know, maybe, maybe we can make a difference. <laughs> hey, I got a big thrill when I did that. Well, you know, mm-hmm. when I did that interview with yeah. she's, you know, Chelsea's uh, patron of mine, I did that. I released the interview clips I had with Diana in my Patreon page for them. And one of them, I was like talking to her about the prequel and I, and I like said something that I'd love to see in the prequel. It's this very minor little mention in passing about John's father, Gerard Gray, that he fought at Sheriff's Mirror. Mm -hmm. And it was just something kind of in passing that, you know, that was how he originally got accused of being a Jacobite because he, what is ever there, you know, something. Anyway, it was something said in passing, but we know he's that he was there by that statement. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, you know, I, I said, I have this secret hope that maybe, <laughs> you know, you'll put Gerard Gray in and somehow he'll have met Brian Fraser because they were both at, at Sheriff Muir. And I said, I saw her like look like she picked up a pen and started to write something down. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> if I just gave her an idea for the book, I'm going to be so excited. <laughs> That would be awesome. I would. It yeah. would. Um, so it is fun to feel like you mm-hmm. can be an influence, you know? Yeah, so maybe, you know. Sure. All right, girl. girl. It's been We fun. have done the deed, man. Yes. <laughs> and I am completely caught up. For the first time in the Sassanac Files history, I am completely caught up and ready to roll with season seven oh, Can content. I give one other little plug before, before sure. we go? Mm-hmm. I am doing Drums of Autumn right now. And since all of you are, we're past that, <laughs> <laughs> um, that book, um, I am doing that study right now. We've only just, we're only on, what are we on? Chapter 13. So we're really still young in the book, early mm-hmm. in the, fairly early in the book. Like at this point, like they are still at River Run and just like getting ready to leave River Run. So it's like still very early in the book. If you guys want to join me, uh, over at Outlander Cast Clan Book Club. That's where I do that study. Everything else is on the Outlander, is on uh, Queen Bee's Outlander Chive, but that particular one is there. If you want to join me, I'd love to have you. 
Yes. And then um, Droughtlander Book Club for me resumes in two weeks. I can't wait. I'm excited. October 22nd and 29th. Those are Saturday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern time. I am actually going to the Battle of Cedar Creek reenactment in October. So um, that's exciting. Yeah. So I'm excited. Catherine sent me the link. She's like, if you ever get a chance to check this out, it's really cool. And I'm like, I'm actually looking for somewhere to go that weekend. So yeah, I'm going to fly awesome. into DC and I'm going to do some recon. I might you actually. Know, I want to tell everybody on the board if you haven't read these books, definitely give them a look at. They are very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chelsea's doing an excellent job on her studies. So she is a great person and she has an in with, with our dear Catherine. So uh, she gets a lot of the inside scoop from her. And like she said in the beginning, the sapphire brooch is a lot of people's favorite. It's mm-hmm. like around the assassination of President Lincoln. So that's like a, yeah. a popular story that people know and stuff. So it does draw mm-hmm. people. So give it a shot if you haven't already. You still have, you have time to read it. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Most of the month. Three weeks. So you still have time to read it yep. and jump on board. So, yeah. And uh, like I said, we're doing giveaways for free ebook or audio book. So um, if you get the, if you're first one to answer the trivia question correctly, then I will forward you a link from Catherine so that you can get your choice of any book in the series, any book in the series. So uh, if you've read up through book five and you need book six, it's a way to do it. So, alrighty guys, well, I'll chat at you in three weeks, unless something grand happens at Comic-Con, which is next weekend. So if something surprising happens, then I'm sure I will get on live to discuss it at some point. So you guys stay safe. And you will see us again together. What do we decide? December? December. I have us down for December 17th. Okay. That'll be my last episode before the holiday break. It is episode 99. So lots of fun stuff coming. Thanks for coming and joining us and hanging with us. Hope we kept you entertained. Yes. And thanks for joining me, Angela. Fun as always.